four, three, two, one. Mr. Page, how are you? I never had a bad day in my life. Ever? Well, I've had plenty of bad moments. Bad moments, <laughs> but you recovered. Yeah, you know, um, to me, it's all your state of mind, period. And I don't stay there. If I go down, I get back up. If you're going to chew that, people oh. are going to go fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I put one of those in my mouth the other day, and I got like 150 comments because I had a sore throat. Well, I got, I got the throat coat. <laughs> the throat <so>. coat. <laughs> yeah. Um, listen, man, first of all, I love what you're doing. I really do. I think it's fantastic, and I'm a, a big fan of yoga and what you've done for not just – what you've done is made yoga available to people that thought that yoga was for chicks. Right. I, and I, I, I – you know, now, it's really funny you say that because how it started – it was yoga for regular. It was regular people, you know, regular guys. Yeah, and it made well, it for guys. People think of yoga as being something that, like, you have to be into, you know, you got to be all namaste. Right. Or and you hear Dallas Diamond Page. What the fuck? Huh? <laughs> or how? Diamond Dallas Page. Either one. <laughs> but you, how, you know, you're this giant pro wrestler guy. Like, you're into yoga and you're really, really into it. I mean, you've got your own system of yoga. I mean, this is for, for something that I think is, like, very important for body maintenance. And for keeping your, your spine healthy and mobility, which is one of the things that a lot of us ignore, right. especially big guys who like to lift weights sure. and do a lot of crazy shit. I was shit. a meathead. I yeah. understand you. I'm, I'm the guy who wouldn't be caught dead doing yoga the first 42 years of my life. But I didn't start wrestling until I was 35. Really? Really. And my career didn't take off until I was 40. How old are you now? 62. Dude, if you, if you folks saw what he just did with no warm-up, no warm-up, bent over, grab your ankles, fully, fully flattened your body out, pressed your body up against your thighs with no warm-up, then he picks his, knee, his ankle up and fully extends his leg over his head. I mean, that, that is incredibly impressive for a 20-year-old person. Well, it's all about staying ahead of it. You know, it's all about owning it. Um, going back to... You know, the, just my, my career, I mean, my career took off in 96, which was, I was 40 years old. 97 and 98, man, I was on top of the world. Wrestling 270 days a year, every year. And then I did The Tonight Show, Hollywood Squares, a movie called uh, uh, First Daughter was my first movie I did. So, I mean, I was probably working 320 days a year. And the wear and tear on your body after a while, like, boom. I took a power slam from, or a power bomb from Kevin Nash. Kevin's legit 6'10", long way down. And it wasn't that bump that blew my back out. It was all of it. And being almost 43 years old. And when I ruptured my L4 and L5, and we have this amazing vertebrae. That is what allows us to do all this crazy shit that we do. But what really allows us is those shock absorbers absorbers, those discs in between the vertebrae. Well, think of a jelly donut and slap that jelly donut, and now there's nothing there. So I have no discs in between my L4 or L5. I was told by three different spine specialists, you're never going to wrestle again. I just signed a multi-million dollar three-year deal. So the guy who wouldn't be caught dead doing yoga would do anything to get back in a ring. And I was married at the time, and... Uh, she kind of bullied me into it. And once I started doing it, Joe, just like you know, 
I started to feel difference. And I thought of thinking, wow. Now, did you talk to any doctors that wanted to replace your discs or fuse your discs? <clears throat> Two wanted to fuse them. One didn't. And his thing what was... What year was this? Uh, 1999. So there right wasn't the any of those spacers that they have now? No, didn't have any of that. Titanium discs? Didn't have any of that. And his whole thing was, if we do fuse you and you go back, you will be crippled because you won't recover from that. So, again going to do yoga and I started doing Brian Kest. Have you ever taken one of my Brian Kest classes here in LA? No. He's amazing. What he kind of yoga is that? Power yoga. He's the guy who's kind of put power yoga on the map and he made me feel like, okay, that dude's cool. Like, and then today he's a buddy of mine, you know? Uh, but at the time I was just doing his VHS tapes, but for what I wanted, it wasn't giving me everything. So what I did, I've rehabbed both shoulder surgeries both knee surgeries, and I'm kind of like God-given gift of figuring out how to heal myself. I'm the first guy in professional wrestling to ever ice his body by almost a decade, eight years before they would start doing that. You mean like ice baths? Like, like ice, sh ice your shoulders, ice your ice knees, everything. ice your back. Inflammation, take it down. I, right. I just got that. How'd you figure that out? Um, you know, just different reading on different, you know, people and how they healed themselves and mm. what people were saying. And what I've found that a lot of people don't want to put the extra work in. And I can, they could be the hardest workers ever, but they won't go that extra mile just to go get a bag of ice. Right. Fill it up, put it on your knees, put an ace bandage around it. You can go wherever you want. Well, it's also like part of the culture of tough guys, right? right. Like they don't give a fuck. Let's right. just go get a beer and have some food. You know, right? There's, Steve there's Austin. A, there's a little bit of that, right? There's something about the same type of guy that's so tough they could work 300 days a year is right. also the same type of guy that's going to go, ah, I'll fucking just deal with it. You know, and Steve, me and Austin, when I broke in, I was like 35 and a half. He's 26. And Austin was always way ahead of the curve as far as talent. But he wouldn't, you know, he wouldn't, he was like, what are you doing, kid? Why you got those ice bags? So back then we were drinking in beers. Not that it's right to do, but back then we were. And he would put the beers on my ice bags in between my, uh, my ace bandages to keep his beers cold. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> true story. True story. <laughs> so, you know, the bottom line is I started to mix the rehabilitation techniques with the yoga positions. Then I threw in old school calisthenics, like push-ups, squats, crunches, and I did them with a slow burn movement because I had to. And in the beginning, I had to do them on my knees. So When I, you say slow burn movement, this is what you were just showing me that's, before yes. we started the podcast. Yeah, time well, under tension. You're into a lot of dynamic tension exercises. Exactly. Which is a lot of what Bruce Lee was into. Exactly. He's into a lot of that stuff. Go look at Bruce Lee. Did he ever have an ounce of fat on him? You know what I mean? You know what yeah. I mean? The guy was shredded, but yeah. that whole time under tension thing, something I call dynamic resistance, I added that. And like for the push ups, you know, I would lower for three, hold three inches off the ground for three, chaturanga, mm -hmm. come up for three, lower for three, hold for three, then I'd go into Cobra and a down dog. And in the beginning, I had to do them on my knees, but then I built that strength to get off my knees. And then three-second push-ups became five. Five became ten. Ten became sets of ten. If you go to my DDP Yoga Facebook, you'll see a video up there of me doing on my 60-second birthday, well, actually two days after, ten ten-second push-ups. 
at 62. So my core strength is at a different level. I don't lift weights anymore. I haven't really for 10 years because I really don't need it and I don't need a size. I like being like 230. The bottom line is what today is called, I'm branding it DDPY. Why? Because I want people to stop calling it just yoga because it's so different. Now you've done a lot of yoga. Yeah. What you do, I just took you through in that minute and a half. Is that like anything you've ever done in a yoga studio? No, it's very different. You're, what you were saying, your dynamic tension thing definitely right. adds another element to it. And then I have fun with it, man. I, got, you know, I, do, I do shit like when you take your into a, uh, a lunge and you throw your arms up, I go, superstar. <laughs> you know, you know I, I, when, we're, when we're in a, like a lunge that we're folding forward and we're to explode into touchdown, mm-hmm. I'd say throw a little Ric Flair on the end of that. And as everybody explodes, <laughs> woo. You know, just having people having fun. I, I did um, a big event. It was this weekend. It was called All In. And it's uh, um, Cody Rhodes, who's the, uh, the American Dream Dusty Rhodes' son. He's been in independent wrestling. He was at the show, WWE, for 10 years. And bottom line is he went away. He left there, left guaranteed money. Got to be like a half a million bucks. Left it and went to follow the dream because he knew he was a main event guy. And him and these kids, the Young Bucks, they sold out this arena that was 10,426 people in 29 minutes and 36 seconds. They counted? They counted the seconds? Well, they did because it's a really big deal when you freaking sell out. <laughs> when you're an independent group, you're not yeah. the WWE. No, that's insane. It's insane. How many different groups are there now? There's NWA, well, there's WWE. Right. Um, there's ROH. Um, there's The Row, as my buddy Booker T calls it, down there in Houston. And um, NWA is what Billy, Collin, uh, uh, Billy Corgan owns, right? Right. And right. I'll tell you what. The sm- that's the That's... Cody was going for the NWA championship against Nick, who's just one of the studs of our business. And um, he uh, they had a hell of a match, and uh, Billy owns that title. Now, think about this. Vince McMahon just, just I want to say he was paid $1.2 billion by Fox for the programming for a live show on Friday nights. I'm not sure what the deal is, it's six years or eight years, but 1.2 billion. And then I heard there's another multi-billion dollar contract being out there, Comcast or something. So that's like NFL stuff. So when that kind of attention comes to wrestling, more people are gonna be like, oh, I wanna get involved in that. And plus, Vince really has taken it mainstream at a different level. Like back when we were killing it in the 90s, I mean, we had the highest rated show on cable television, whether it was WCW or WWF. Every week we were one, two, and three, sometimes one, two, three, and four, top four shows. But our dollars that we could get for the advertising, was nothing like they're getting today because they made it kids friendly. They mm. changed that, and it was brilliant by Vince. You know, uh, it really it changed the format. But today, it's about to go through another boom. And this whole independent thing that Cody and these young bucks who are great kids uh, did, uh, it really lit up that world. And it's the same thing all over the country. I mean, I should say world. Japan's really big right now, and so is uh, so is. Um, um, UK and Mexico, they're really, really big. One of the guys from the UFC, Matthew Riddle, just got signed to the WWE. He was. Uh, I heard that. Yeah, his story is kind of, it's kind of fucked up. He got fired from the UFC for failing a pot test, 
And the crazy thing, it's so crazy. Let the guy smoke. (laughs) Jesus Christ. But it's even more crazy that, you know, now it's legal. Right. Now pot's legal, and now the the level that you can get tested for is so much lower than anything that he got. But I think he enjoys it. I I don't think he's missing fighting. You know, fighting is a – I know that pro wrestling – is probably harder on your body doing those 300 right. days a year. Right. I mean, I don't think there's anything like it in all of entertainment. I really don't. I mean, it's it's crazy to think that you're getting body slammed and thrown into the ropes and forearms slammed and all that shit's going on 300 days a year. It's really, it really, it's not fair. There really should be a way where you could take some time off. It doesn't make any sense. When I was on Hollywood Squares one time, uh, someone said, so when's your season? When are you off? Sure. They knew nothing about wrestling. I said, That's hilarious. when I'm hurt. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but, you know, the bottom line and is. Not hurt. In, right, injured. injured. No, injured. injured like, out, like, like blown right. ligaments. Like, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, you guys compete, well, you know, you perform hurt on a regular basis. All the time. I mean, and so do the guys in the NFL. Well, so do the guys in the UFC as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely. I think with Matt Riddle, it's like he's got a great personality. And, you know, he doesn't have to cut any weight anymore. And now he's gigantic. And he's a fun guy. I think WWE is perfect for someone like him. I was down there. I train a lot of the guys down to next. It's called NXT. Next. And that's uh, these kids are unbelievable. They're so talented. But I bring my DDPY program down to them and they're all on my app. So you're starting that early with these guys. So they, plus I'm like, you know, again, I'm 62. They're 24, 22, 28. You know, so they grew up watching me. So it's much easier for for me to get them to pay attention. Like all they have to do is look at Chris Jericho, who's one of the top stars in the world. And he is not with WWE right now. He, you know, he comes and goes. And he he was at that show all in. He did a run in a surprise thing. It blew the roof off. He's going to be 48 in November. He wrestles like he's 28. He's been doing my program since he did the same thing I did when he blew his back out. And three doctors said he was not going to wrestle anymore. Five weeks later, 85% pain-free. Three months later, he headlined WrestleMania against Punk. He talks about it all the time. Now, how is your back today, those, those same discs? If I don't do it, it's kind of like brushing your teeth, you know? Like, you got to brush your teeth. And I don't have to do it every single day, but... Pretty I need, close. Pretty much. You know, and I, when I wake up, I, my first 10 minutes, I call it wake up. Man, I, feel, I call it oil for the tin man and woman. Mm. And the real proof of this for me, because I'm the first transformation, the bottom line is they said my career was over when I was 42. I started doing what now is called DDPY. Three months, less than three months later, Joey, I was back in the ring. At 42, they said my career's over. At 43, I'm the world champ. And that's like getting our, that's our Oscar. You know what I mean? Right. It's like, you're the guy. You deserve this. When I, You have the most eyes on you. You know, I was, I was in a match with Hogan, Flair, and Sting. Three, arguably, maybe you know, in the top five biggest names ever. And I walk out that world champion. Ric Flair took the diamond cutter in the middle. It was <laughs> Hogan took, Hogan gave me such a hug afterwards. Like, this is what this business is supposed to be. That someone like you, who no one would believe would ever be anyone could work so hard that they would become the world champ. When I got my Hall of Fame ring uh, in 2017, inside I had inscribed in here, work ethic equals dreams, explanation point, DDP. 
and that's what it is. <laughs> you know, I don't tell you anything. You understand putting the work in. Yeah, putting the work in is everything. Now, you're back today. Did you ever get an MRI on it? Oh, yeah, I did all that. Well, but now? Now, you know, I don't have any. I don't. I, if I don't do it, if I'm on too many planes, trains, and automobiles, right. you know, then I'm going to get really. But I know what to do. Like, I'd say to my wife, and I swear to God, because every morning I do, I roll out of bed some nights and you feel like you get hit by a truck. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Sleeping's the worst thing for me because I get in those positions that I don't right. know I'm in. And when I wake up, I'm like, oh, God. Yeah, you're knotted up. But as soon as I do, within eight minutes, I feel like a completely different person because I know your, what to do. So your disc, though, was completely gone. No, they're gone. It was literally bone on bone. And is it still like that? Yeah, but I've, I, this is something I'm trying to tell you, Joe, which makes what I'm doing different than regular yoga. Not just the, I always say, most yogis are very namaste. DDPY, way more TNA. <laughs> and I meant TNA in the beginning. <laughs> but what I mean today is tone and attitude. Because it's mm. an attitude, it's a You tone. switched it up. You kept the same I had, letters. Yes, I like how you it did worked. That. <laughs> it, it worked like that. But, uh, you know, it's just, it, it, for me, it's, as you know this, repetition is the mother of learning. Right. The more you do something, the more you own it. And on that clip, I want to I show you something I brought with me because I've been waiting for your show to release this. Uh. I've got a new book coming out. Ooh. And no one's seen this cover yet. Oh. And it is it's called. Premiere. Yeah, it's premiere, premiere. And I'm doing something I don't think anybody I've ever, has ever really done this. Now, this isn't the book itself. This is just the cover. Look at it. It's in so, the plastic it's and in everything. It's plastic. It's called Positively Unstoppable, Ooh. The Art of Owning It. Ooh, I well, like it. What is it? It's whatever the fuck you want it to be. Check that out. <laughs> Diamond Dallas Page, bitches. Look at that. <laughs> That's beautiful. Mick Foley wrote the the funniest, most entertaining forward. I want to get ever. that guy on. That I, guy's hilarious. I get that happening in a heartbeat. I, he's friends with my friend Tony Hinchcliffe, who's a, a giant pro wrestling fan. And it's it given me so much grief because Tony's such a fan. I've made fun of wrestling because Tony's a fan. They get mad at me. <laughs> right, right. T Tony is such a dork for it. They do this uh, podcast at the comedy store. Right. Where they do, what do they call it? The four. No. How, what is it? Not the Four Horsemen. No, 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 no. They have a, a wrestling podcast that I was just on two weeks ago. Store, store, store Horsemen? Horsemen? The yeah, Store Horsemen. Yeah. The, so these comics from the, the uh, comedy store right, right. are gigantic pro wrestling fans. Right, and right. I want to do that do, show. Tell them, you know, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll set yeah. it up. I'll yeah. set it up. And they do like simulcasts. Like, so while like if WrestleMania is going on, oh, right. they'll yeah. do uh, like, they'll do a view, like a, we, we do a thing for the UFC sometimes called the Fight Companion. Sure. While the fights are going on, we'll, we'll get a bunch of guys in here, drink beers and right, talk shit. Right, Beautiful. They do that. <laughs> I love that shit. They do that <laughs> while WrestleMania is going on. Right, right. So it's, uh, it's you know, on that note, Jake the Snake Roberts is going to, he just, he's, working a deal right now with Hooters and in, in Vegas, and they're talking about giving him a room, and he will do, like, might be Monday Night Raw. Somebody contacted me about him as well. Someone oh, from dude, his organization contacted me, and you helped him. Yes. Yeah, and I, I saw uh, some, some sort of a program on television where it was detailing you helping him get clean right. and you getting him involved in yoga. What you're doing is really fucking awesome Thank because you. you're, you're exposing something that I think should be – it just, just should be something that everybody does. I just really think that all athletes, all people, I think yoga is a life staple. I really do. No, I don't, dude. I mean, when I got through this, when I got through wrestling, I could have easily 
stepped into that yoga community and went the whole namaste route. But that's not who I am. Right. And I know that the yoga people, like, they get it. They don't need me. The people who need me is all those people that literally <laughs> that have nobody right. and they don't have any direction. Did you see the disabled veteran that I helped? No, I did not. I got to show you. First I'm number. just amazed that you could do what you do with no discs. <laughs> Me I, do, too. I don't understand that because everybody <laughs> that too. I know that has had no discs has had like serious muscle atrophy and Well, because they didn't stay didn't figure it out. Like I had to figure it well, out. What did you figure out though? What what did you do differently? I love that shirt by the way. Oh, Ego is, kills talent. Yeah, right. What a fucking great shirt. Where'd you a, get that? That's my buddy Josh who brought me in. He's got a line called Beverly Kills. <laughs> uh, that's a great shirt. That's he, such a that's such a good point. Does it really like yeah. make the point? I mean, yeah. that's why I wore it because I knew you would love it, and I love the shirt. I wear it all the time. He's got a couple of them that are it's really cool. Shirt. Where cool can someone get that if they wanted to buy that? Uh, I think it's BeverlyKills.com. I'm pretty sure. So this is Arthur Borman. This is disabled veteran. This is what DDP Yoga is, or DDPY. Is there this, a, oh Jesus? Is there a link for this where where Jamie could get a hold of it? Oh, absolutely. And he could put it on the YouTube. Absolutely. If you go to DDPYoga.com, at, at the bottom of DDPYoga.com is the video of Arthur. So, let me show you this now. Ja show Jamie the, the image of him yeah. so he could look for it on your yeah. website. Yeah. If you go all the way to the bottom of DDPYoga.com, it'll be sitting at the bottom. And uh, what was wrong with Arthur? Okay. Uh, let me let me just tell you the backstory. Okay. This is crazy. Anyone who got my program 11 years ago, it was just workouts, period. It was three different levels. And this, this one, first one was called 50 plus. It's kind of like what I'm doing today with, I'm, where I'm helping people who are really disabled. And okay, so there he is, is right there. You want to watch it? Sure. Hey, it's let's a, watch it. Okay, can we play this on yeah. YouTube? Yeah, start, right, start from we'll the beginning. This. Start from the beginning. This years, is awesome. Doctor told me, I'd never walk unassisted again, it says. Oh, what are you doing? So for the people just listening, it says, for 15 years, doctors told me I would never walk unassisted again. And we're, we're seeing this gentleman with uh, those uh, crutches, those cane things on his forearms. I accepted this as fact. I was a 47-year-old disabled veteran, and I had basically given up. I was injured as a paratrooper in the Gulf War. Too many jumps took its toll on my, on his back. Oh man, watch how he's land. And and my knees, it says, I gained weight. We would just watch an image of it. All this stuff is available online at ddpyoga.com, right? Is that what yeah, it is? This video, yes. This has got mazillions and mazillions of views. That's a good number. <laughs> it says he couldn't walk or run. Exercise seemed impossible. Most yoga instructors turn me away. This music's killing me. All but one. <laughs> All but one, motherfucker. With the knee braces, the back brace, the canes, 297 pounds, and his belly was out to here. And I was thinking, God, how am I going to help that guy? It says he didn't know me, but he believed in me when no one else did. How long is this video? I feel like we might Four have minutes. to... Four minutes. <laughs> the payoff is worth look it, at brother. This. Oh, look at him doing it here. See, I was using him. a chair. Yeah. That's to what... hold on to. For balance. Well, to get up, get down. Like, says I fell many times. Yeah. 
but I got back up. It's all about getting back up, right? This, yeah, this is very impressive, just watching him do what he's doing here. This guy's got heart. You know, it's the attitude to do something, even though it's difficult and in pain, is so damn important. It is so important. People have to force themselves to do something. And this guy is one of the best examples of that you're ever going to see. I mean, who, who had a better excuse to give up than this guy? Wow, look at all this weight he's lost. This is crazy. He's a teacher in Baltimore. He's lost a shitload of weight. It looks yeah, like he's lost like eight inches off of his belly. At least. It says, I started to believe that it could happen. So in this uh, this progress thing, you're seeing him trying to walk without his canes and, and falling down. Flat on his face. Yeah. Here's where I'm at now. Starting to build his core strength. This is crazy. He's getting ready to do handstands now. Oh my god. This guy crashes into a fucking china cabinet. I love it. He's gonna kill the cat. Get out of there, cat. He just said, just because I can't do it today doesn't mean I won't be able to do it someday. Yeah, look at him here, man. Full push-ups. Wow, walking with one cane now? That's incredible. What a difference in his posture and everything. Look how much weight he's lost. And how often was he doing it? Every day? Every day. Sometimes twice a day. So remember the pictures I showed yeah. you, right? Check this out. Couldn't stand on two legs. Now he's standing on one and holding his foot up in the air. That is insane. Look how slim he got. Holy shit. He lost 100 pounds in, in six, six months. months. And he's holding that cat. That cat's going to die. I told that cat, get out of there. <laughs> but more important, holy shit. He's running. That is insane. He's not just walking, he's running. Sprinting. Holy shit! That is incredible! That really is incredible. Wow! Look how fucking slim he is! That is really amazing. Never. What is the name of... It says Never Give Up. What is Arthur, the name of this video so people can find ne it? Never Give Up. If you go to ddpyoga.com, it's right at the bottom. Oh, look at him! Look at the difference in him. He looks like he's 10 years younger. Lost, Lost 140 pounds in 10 months. Holy wait, shit. Wait, 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 wait. Whoa. <laughs> that is crazy. Standing on his head. That so, is crazy. So that is crazy. I'm That's gonna, so amazing, man. I'm going to show you a picture that no one's seen this. I'm saving this for a <sighs> TED talk that I'm going to do. And they've been asking me a couple times to do it, and I just wasn't ready, but now I am. I'm just waiting. I've been waiting. Eventually, they're going to get a hold of me again, and I'm going to do it. And I'm going to base it around anything I'm crying, possible. man. <laughs> it did choke you up, right? It did. I told you it was a payoff. I mean, like, strong. And my, my, my business partner, Steve Yu, put that together. And I literally um, did it with his son originally, and it was pretty good. But Steve just took it. Like, he's the same guy who directed The Resurrection of Jake the Snake. So... Let me finish with him. In six months, in, in ten months, he lost the 140 pounds. But fuck the weight, because this is not about weight loss. It's just an awesome side effect. And think about that. With my shit, you can lose weight, but you know you can't out train a bad diet. Right. So you got to do everything. You got to more than anything change your mindset, which is what positively unstoppable is all about. Changing your mindset and owning that inner voice, the story you tell yourself. Yes. So. 
Arthur lost 140 pounds. More importantly, lost some knee braces, back brace, and canes. He lost Not, the knee braces. No more knee braces. No more knee braces. How did he do that? Well, let me finish. Let me finish. No, I, please, I, I, go I, ahead. Knee braces and canes, not just to walk, but run. But this is what the program is really about. At one year, he's 5'6", took a picture of his 6'2 son. That's insane. Standing, Standing on, on his back while he's doing a push-up in one year. One year. That's great. Imagine if you didn't see him for a year. Hey, man, let's go have lunch. I haven't seen you in a long time. <laughs> like, where? who the fuck are you? <laughs> Where's Arthur? <laughs> and, and that's really, like, it was crazy because, again, anybody who got my program 11 years ago, I personally, there was no one else but me, I would send them a, an email saying, hey man, I'm not trying to sell you anything, you already bought the program, and I wanna say thank you, and I got a couple questions. If you would answer them, I'd appreciate it. His answers were um, so good that I wrote them back, and I'd never written anybody like directly that I didn't know at this time. And I wrote them back and I said, sounds like you need some help, bro. I said, what's your story? Cliff notes, disabled veteran, morbidly obese, relegated to thinking of himself as a piece of furniture. So I say, send me some pictures so I can see what I was working with. And those are the pictures, those first two with the canes. And I was like, fuck, man, I don't know how I can help him because not so much the knee braces. Hell, I wore knee braces my whole career. I didn't realize it was strapped to a back brace and his wife, 20 minutes every morning, got to put on the sleeve put on the brace because he can't even bend over enough to do it. And so she puts them all together. 20 minutes later, he's going to the bathroom with his canes. So I sent him this food plan, which is like my phase three eating plan is for health. But I got it from a guy named Dr. Fred Bishy. And at the time, Fred was 78, could still run 20 miles on the beach in the, in the deep sand with my brother. Like, that's his mentor. He helped people with cancer and all sorts of shit. This guy's like... He's just a different level of lip walking the talk. So you have a food plan as Everything. well as an exercise plan. Everything. Now what, what kind of food you got a meeting? Um, well, for, this is what I like to do. Let's go back to what God created. Shit that's not genetically modified. All right? Shit that's not sprayed with chemicals. So let's call it organic. Um, or like your great grandparents used to call it fucking food. <laughs> like, is everything. Go to Italy. Go to right. France. Yeah. They don't just say, can I have the organic vegetables? They go, no. What? Yeah. Like, everything's fucking organic here, bozo. Yeah. You know, like, that's the way it's supposed to be. I mean, when you look at just the, the obesity, heart disease, cancer, diabetes, autism, like, how is it through the roof? How are there 400 pound guys everywhere? 25 years ago, that didn't happen. Right. You know, and then they changed everything. And as far as I'm concerned, there's three reasons why it could have happened. And because I don't know, I'm not a scientist, I'm a fucking wrestler. But I know when I get people to eat what God created and stuff that's not genetically modified, I found that they get out of pain. And that's what I did with Jake and Scott. You know, Razor Ramon also moved into my house. And, and when you get a chance to watch, before you have Jake come on, definitely watch a Resurrection of Jake the Snake, because I can set you up with that too. Um, but uh, Jake, I got him eating real food, and Scott Hall, a.k.a. Razor Ramon, eating real food. And within two weeks, they're already going to start getting out of pain. That's why I'm, I eat the way I eat, because I don't want to feel like I'm 82. I want to feel like I'm 42 at 62. Now, when you talk about your food plan, like, are you giving them specific portions and what to eat? Like, how, how do you set it up? On the app, which right now... Oh, you have my, an app? Oh, dude, I've got 
I, I think I have the most extensive app on the planet. And it, like, let's, let's just go to the workouts and I'll come back to the food. Android and iPhone? Everything. Right. Yes. And, and right now you can get it. What about pers- Windows phone? I think it works on everything. Nobody has one of those fucking things. <laughs> Whatever it does, we've set it up for everything that you can use. If your iPad, your computer, and I didn't realize at the time that I set it up for the iPhone, the Droid, the iPad, the tablet, and the computer. Like going back in time, I just would have done the phone because and, and the computer because you can have your phone go right to the TV. Right. You know, if you got Apple Today, TV, yeah. you go, whoosh. Right. But I, it cost me a lot more money to do it with all five units. The bottom line is I created this thing, like from Arthur's stuff. I call it DDPY Rebuild. You can't get out of bed. You can't do the workout. Bullshit. I got three workouts in bed. Right. That have nothing to do with fucking. It's just freaking working out for 10 minutes. 12 minutes will get you up. And I call those bed flex. Then I put you in chair force where you're sitting in a chair. I got eight workouts in a fucking chair, which gets you strong enough to hold the chair. So I call those stand strong like Arthur was doing. Help you get up. Help you get down. Help you balance. Help to keep you from falling. Then you're ready for beginner. And once you get the, all the modifications that I teach you with Stand Strong, I got a guy who's 84 years old. His name is Ted Evans. He's been working with me since he was 68. The motherfucker can do every workout I do. Wow. Every workout. Now, is he modified at times? Yes. But he can do every fucking workout I do. And it goes all the way to extreme psycho shit. Like, I did a workout today where I took my foot and held it out in front of me and held it for 30 seconds. Then pulled it out. Held it for 30 seconds. This is all core stuff. It's got to be the stuff. Um, God, I must have it skips my mind right now. The fighter, the um, UFC fighter, um, the, the French kid who was amazing. George St. Pierre? Yes. I mean, nobody can ever take him down. You know, they hook his leg and boom, and <laughs> you're not taking him down. He's going to hop around because his core strength, he had to be doing some of this type of stuff. He does a lot of gymnastics. Well, again, yeah. those guys are super freaks. And, he, yeah. and, you know, as wrestlers or UFC guys, I mean, they're, that's a whole different level. And George St. Pierre, I remember, why come they, nobody's taking him down. I don't care how they hook his leg. So he really gets all of that inner strength. And that's really what I'm doing at a level that, you can start in bed. Right. So there's no more fucking excuses. No more fucking excuses. And that's so damn important. It is. Because people can feel sorry for themselves. They can say they can't do it. They don't have the energy. They're too beat up. That's bullshit. There's always something you can do. There's Absolutely. Always something. And if, if you, but if you give yourself that fucking excuse, that's the problem. What, what I love about that video is if anybody had an excuse, it's that guy. Absolutely. That guy, I mean, two canes, giant belly, blown out knees, blown out back veteran paratrooper guy guy i mean jumping out of fucking airplanes over and over again blows his body apart and you fixed it that and he fixed it he fixed i just literally like that's incredible (laughs) so when i sent him the food plan right from 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 fred bishy his explain the food plan because it's it's just regular food but like what do you have the meeting like chicken steak let's 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 go there's so i let people you'll hear me say in my program over and over and over and over and over again make the ddpy your own like, and I explained to Arthur when I called him, well, here's what happened. So he, um, he, he I sent him the food plan. Let me say, it. and if he writes me back, I think I can do it. I'll give it a try. You go crazy. No, I go, Hey, awesome. Keep me posted. But he said, 
four words, or he wrote four words. I can do this. I said, give me your number right now. <laughs> and I called the motherfucker up. If you say you can and you say you can't, you're right. You know that. If you, you say you can or you say you can't. You're right. right. Do you yeah. know who said that yeah. originally? Who? Henry Ford. He was and, right. Yeah, and I always say, but, <laughs> but what the fuck did he ever do? <laughs> you know, what the fuck did he ever do? But for when he said I can do it, I said, give me your number. So I called him, and I said, you know, we talked for about an hour. Two weeks later, he calls me back. The main thing I talked to him in, in, in that conversation, which is, again, what un Positively Unstoppable is all about, as important as the workout is, as important as the eating plan is, that's 10% of the equation. The 90% is right between your ears, right here, that six-inch piece of real estate, the story you tell yourself. And I said, if you can really just get past that story and start re Telling yourself a different story. An example would be when I had when I went up for my Hall of Fame induction speech in front of twenty thousand people and millions of people on USA and on the WWE Network, which is only nine ninety nine by the way. <laughs> it's like a rib. Uh, bottom line is is that I wasn't in the back going, oh God, I hope I don't fuck this up. Oh God, what if I forget what I was gonna say? Oh God, this sucks. Man, what if I what if I fuck up? I wasn't saying that. I'm saying this is gonna be the best thing I've ever done. I'm gonna blow people away. I'm gonna make them laugh. I'm gonna make them cry. I'm gonna inspire them. And that was my inner voice. And I went out there, did the best thing I've ever done. Like, it's the best thing I've ever done. But it's about that story that you tell yourself, and you get all this shit. And that's why people listen to you because they want they need to be reminded it over and over and over again you know the way you think about things is so important it's so important it's almost more important than the facts you're right it's right the way and the way this guy decided that he was going to change his life that that video is so important to people i mean if there's ever that's the best testimonial video you're ever going to see ever i mean that guy is as broken as they get I mean, he's basically, I mean, easily could have been in a wheelchair, easily. Well, he was, and not any time he was going around, you know, like any kind of, you know, you go to the hot, you go to the airport, what do they yeah, put you in? put you in a wheelchair, Because, yeah. I mean, it's too right. hard for it's too people. hard for him to walk around. And again, going back to eating, so back to the so food. So what do you get him eating? Well, again, I use, again, make the GDPY your own. You can do paleo if you want to do paleo. You can do this keto diet, whatever you're doing with that. I try to say, if you're early on and you're young, you know, I encourage them to do calorie counting. Calories in, calories out. But a lot of people, that doesn't work for anymore. So what I get them to do is go gluten and dairy free. And really, I start them with gluten free. If you can go and people go, oh, gluten free. I say, all I know is the people I work with get out of pain. I'm one of them. So I don't give a fuck if you eat gluten or not. I don't care. I'm not the gluten fucking Nazis. I'm fucking like, hey, do what the fuck you want to do. But this is what I do. This is what him and her and him and her do. And look at them. And it just it helps drop weight. It's, it's about inflammation in your body. Right. Go back to icing your body. Sugar, <laughs> which we're all addicts for. <laughs> I try to get them to cut down as much as they can. Some people quit completely, which blows my mind, which tells me they really have that substance. My, my friend Stacy Morris, who lost 180 pounds in 18 months, she's actually on the cover of Women's Day right now, that big magazine for Women's Day, of her transformation. She wrote a book on it, uh, like something comfort, feel it, eating comfort or family comfort. You can catch it up on my site. It's up there. But she wrote this book about um, eating without sugar. Mm -hmm. And that's like, I'm not telling anybody to do that because I can't do that. 
Uh, you're right, because <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> I want to still eat the sugar. I just don't eat as much. But you're not. You're just not being a glutton about. And it. I'm eating good sugars. Right. You know, like the, the honey that I'm putting in this gimmick is organic honey. So um, the um, the the food part for um, for the inflammation would be the sugar, dairy, and wheat, and gluten. Get those out of your body. I challenge you. You've, have you ever gone gluten free? Yeah, it? no, I have. And how much better did you feel? Feel really good. Look, I, I'm basically gluten free all the time, except Perfect. for uh, I take cheat days. Oh, sure. I'll take a cheat day and I'll have a bowl of pasta. But for the most part, I rarely eat bread and I rarely eat anything uh, pasta or anything with wheat. Well, let me give you this. Two and a half weeks. Let me give you an alternative. I love pasta. I me mean, I'm, I'm an Irish, German, Dutch kid, but all my best friends were Genta, Cafaro, so, so, uh, um, Rossi. I mean, all my buddies mm-hmm. were all gumbas, you know. And so I love Italian food. I fucking love it. So there's a there's a company called Tinkiata that has the best pasta I've ever had. And it's a brown rice pasta. So there's always a substitute when you get that out of your body. In two and a half, three weeks, it's a different level, Joe. Like, you have already feel better, you feel better, but it's got to get out of your body. And then if you put it back in, you know, here and there, you're going right. to feel it, but it's going to go way quicker because it doesn't have all that shit stored in your body. You know? Well, it also reminds me how shitty I feel after I eat it. <laughs> when I do eat a pizza, I just like, oh, and lay it on the couch like a, like a lead weight in my stomach. But what I substituted it with is spaghetti squash. I love awesome. spaghetti that squash. That is awesome choice. Spaghetti squash with some garlic and marinara sauce. It's fantastic. And that's one and of it's our guilt free. That's one of our recipes. Like the way our, our app is set up, our DDP Yoga Now app. And like I said, anybody wants to try it, fuck it, cost you nothing. Go try it for seven days. You like it, like it. Not get out of it. I don't give a fuck. So <laughs> I mean I don't. I mean, I only want people who want to put right. the work in. I hear some you. people will say to me, Well, how much do I have to do it? I say you don't. You don't have to do anything. Don't fucking do it. I don't want you to do it. I want you to own it and really do it or not. And I'll try to inspire you because every every Monday I've got Motivational Mondays on the app. Every Monday I'm doing another story about something I saw and I'm bringing it to you. It could be three minutes. It could be eight minutes. But it's going to get you. Is there a video on the app? Is that what it is? Yes. There's 150 of them up there because I've been doing it for two and a half years. And then there's every week we have a new recipe come out. And I'm not just going to tell you what's in it and how to make it. I'm going to fucking show you how to make it. Because we got in our DDP Yoga Performance Center, which is in Smyrna, Georgia, which, by the way, every first time you come in there, it's free. Name me another fucking gym or something like that that does that. How far is that from Dallas? Or how is it from Atlanta? Uh, Atlanta, rather? Well, it's literally 20, it's 20 minutes from the heart of Atlanta. I mean, it's, right. it's one of the Next suburbs. time I'm in Atlanta, when I'm doing a gig, I'm going to stop in. Dude, no, you're going to stay. You're going to stay. <laughs> I have, I just bought a crib that literally one of my buddies, Titus, who's from the WWE, is coming in on Tuesday to train with me. I got a hyperbaric chamber now. Whoa. Yes, 12 PSI. Holy I got shit. a cryo system Damn. in my house. Damn. <laughs> I what mean, about float tanks? I don't have that yet. You ever fuck with one? You know, I haven't because I'm kind of going to be... one right here, buddy. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of scared of that don't because it's... it's fucking <laughs> Diamond Dallas Page, what I'm are you just talking being about? Honest. You I'm can't just be being scared. Honest. How I'm, are you scared? You, you, you sounded like the it, people you're screaming against. No, I do, but I'm being honest, bro. When I first got in the chamber... Can I get you in one? Can I get you in one today? You know what? All I need is yes. an hour. Ah! 
Yes. Yes. But you you're going to want to have one in your house. I guarantee you. But you but it's you the get, most relaxing thing ever. Okay. I can easily get out of it. Oh, yeah. Thing, right? Just push the door open. Okay, cool. Yeah. It's easy. Right. Super For, easy. You know, only because it's you. Because you inspired me. Right. I mean, you inspired the fuck out of me. Like, thank you. Like, I was. Th th this was so crazy. Feelings I, mutual. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. You know, I uh, I knew we were going to get along, like, incredibly. <laughs> but but here's what happened. I, I, I've been reaching out to different people, like Eddie Bravo. He's like, like he's yeah. a buddy of mine, and he I just got his disc replaced. Did he really? Yeah, he had a lower back. His ba disc was so bad he could barely get out of bed, and he had a titanium articulating disc put in his back. He feels way better now. Yeah, and he gained an inch. He's five nine now, which which is pretty sweet because of all the technology that they yeah, have it's today. Incredible that can, that can help that. His discs were all smashed from jujitsu, especially course. his lower back. Yo, know, I've always said like Eddie Bravo, like he did what. You know, to the jujitsu community, what I've done in the uh, in the yoga, yoga community, yeah. you know, just take a totally different path, right? Yeah. Like I don't want to be in the yoga world. I want to be way the fuck over there. Mm -hmm. I want to be the different guy then. Um, but we were just talking about what were we talking about right before that? Oh yeah, uh, so tanks. so no, yeah, but after that, I I I I'd reached out to a bunch of different guys. I like I've heard you talk about you know DDPY and what we're doing, and you, you've talked about a lot of cool stuff. You know, and you you segued me into a couple. I'm like I gotta get on his show. I, mean, I think we'll get amazing. We'll get along amazingly. And then I saw on YouTube, it was a um, somebody put together like a bunch of your clips from the show. And I'm listening to it. I'm like, man, this motherfucker sounds just like me. I mean, I got to get on his show. And I literally, when I finished watching it, I literally looked up. I went, God, I'm throwing this out in the universe. I want to get on Rogan's show within the next year. Two days later, you DM me. Whoa. <laughs> Two days later, you DM me. It's I've been April. meaning to DM you forever. <laughs> I mean, it's one of those things where it's just, unfortunately or fortunately, there's just so many different requests for people to come on sure. the podcast. I can't keep up. No, I get it. It's just I can't. It's impossible. But I get it. you've been in the back of my head for a long time. And I think that yoga, like I said, is so important. Right, and I think what you're, you've done is make it accessible to people that wouldn't have considered it before. All right. You got to do me a favor. Okay. What do I got to do? When you're talking about what the fuck I do, DDPY. DDPY. Say and that and not yoga? Yes. Okay. Because it's different, you know? <laughs> Mainly because people put it in a box. Right. You know? I know what you're saying. And yeah. you get it. Right. Like, will you, will you do a workout with me? Yes, I would love to. All well, right. Aubrey did it, my partner, and on it. Yes. And yes. He I love Aubrey. Yes. He loved it. He loved it. He said, dude, it's badass. He said, he's definitely doing something different. His his take was, he's like, he's got, he's doing yoga. He goes, but he's got a whole nother edge to it. Yeah. And, and I keep, again, making it my own. And I right. encourage everybody, what What's really cool about, I've got some workouts that have me and like two people or four people behind me, and they're like the introductory. There's always someone modifying. Like when I first started doing yoga, no one modified shit. Right. They never told you, so I had to like figure this shit out. Mm -hmm. So anything I did, I gave you a mod. How do you make this easier? Step in, lower to a knee. Don't blow yourself out. Now, the thing that you don't know, and I gave you one of our DDP yoga mats with a bag inside it is a Bluetooth heart monitor. And what that's gonna do is connect right to the app. Uh, so are you an iPhone guy or Droid? I have iPhone, but I'm gonna switch over. Well, either, they're bullshit. Oh, I get that too. <laughs> but I'm sort of like a, I'm an addict of not wanting to learn again. <laughs> but you know, they got that mirroring thing, so it pops right up on your TV. Up there will come where your heart rate's at. Oh, wow. And then it tracks you at the end of it, 
how long have you not been in your zone, how long have you been in your zone, and how long have you been over your zone. Think about this. Who did this app for you? Myself, Steve Yu, who's the president of my company, and we hired these guys out of Turkey because they were all, went to, they all went to uh, Georgia Tech. And it's way cheaper, but it's, you know, it's been a long, I got probably coming up on $3 million in it. Jesus Christ. No, it's, dude, it's extensive. It sounds fantastic. It's extensive, you know? And again, there's a lot of interaction with it, you right, know? Right. So, um, um, the actual, uh, we make it like a video game at the end. So when it gets to the end, it'll go, bing, 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 bing. You get to the end of Mario Brothers? Right, ex that's exactly what I wanted. Beautiful, you hit the next level. Right. So when you're putting all this stuff together, like this has got to be a long process of refining and getting oh, yeah. it just right. I mean, this must have taken over your life. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, but I go on the road all the time. I do Comic Cons. Do you ever do Comic Cons? No, no, I've never done. I want to. Dude, though. you have to. You will fucking have a line forever. I used to be a comic book dork, man. I had to sell them all when I was poor. I used to, I had all these comic books that I collected from the time I was a little kid. And then when I became a stand up comedian and I was starving in the early days, I right. sold all my comic books and just. It's just a bummer, man. I'm scared to go look at comic books again. No, don't, don't, don't do that because it'll just piss you off. <laughs> uh, uh, do you know who Adi Shankar is? No. Did you see um, there was a Power Ranger bootleg video that came out like maybe four years ago, five years ago. I think it was five years ago. And it blew up on YouTube, got like five million views, which, you know, back then that was fucking huge. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. So um, the guy who owns... Um, owns the Power Rangers, put a lawsuit on Adi and YouTube, and they had to pull it off. Next thing you know, Adi's on CNN, and they're, you know, they're asking him about it, and he's like, fuck him. He goes, he doesn't, I mean, we're not trying to make money. We're not monetizing this. And right. next thing you know, he pulled the thing off, you know, the lawsuit off, and now it's got like 22 million. And this is something that he did because he's produced a bunch of movies, but they kept changing his shit. Like, wouldn't let him do what he wanted to do. And uh, like, the last one was Judge Dredd. And five years ago, or a little before that, he's telling me how he's going to do this shit on YouTube. And I'm like, what the fuck do you mean you're going to do? put like shorts on YouTube? Well, he did that one. It's got 22 million views right now. Um, he, uh, and that really became like this underground, you know, Yoda type person of the internet. And uh, he sent me a script uh, about three years ago when we started, and it's called Gods. And it's kind of like... You know, every, all superheroes, as you know, they're all slightly different, but the same. And uh, it's a very dark, dark superhero series that's, well, when you get to the fighting part of it, it reminds you of like, fight, you know, from the from the 80s friggin' video Mortal game. Mortal Kombat. Right, right, shit like that. Uh, meets uh, a really dark story that uh it's going to be a netflix original so uh, oh that's something something to watch well when it comes, i think you i think you'll dig it it's well, i love the watchman it's you know? kind of a little bit like yeah. that but not i was hoping they were going to do a sequel and i'd heard that they weren't they planning on that jamie is that that something they're working on it was so good i was like how are they how did they not follow up on this i i don't know you know but we're gonna we have like i say it's in the process right now putting together Adi's the brains behind it but it's something i'm you know speaking you're into comics and stuff yeah. so you love it on? I think. it's gonna be on hbo oh next year. shit next oh that's year. right they're gonna that do it. TV that a series? series i heard that yeah. uh, oh but different people huh yeah oh interesting all right
Well, I'm down for that. Yeah, I'll check it out, man. HBO, man. I they got to pick up the slack. Netflix is coming in strong. They HBO's are, HBO's like, fuck, man. <laughs> gather up the troops. Right. There's a war going on. Fucking Ozark's back, God. baby. Woo! I love that Halfway show. Through, right? Woo! I'm so two good. episodes in. Damn, it's a good show. Anyway. Did you Did you see the first Sinner? Sinner. Oh, no, I haven't seen that show. I heard that's oh, very good. That's Jessica that, Biel. Oh, dude. How hot is she? My, oh, a little too smoking, hot. Smoking, but confusing. they made her look some... Confusing people. <laughs> like, you're around her, you're like, I don't know what my opinions are. <laughs> I'm going to change them. You tell me what your opinions are, I'll take those. She she look, she look. comes off as really, like, girl next door Yeah. But that, that, that friggin' show right there, my wife and uh, Brenda and my, my daughter Lexi, uh, she was there. We watched all eight episodes. Damn. Like one after another on a Sunday afternoon. We were like pulled in. She, my wife had seen, uh, Brenda had seen, they were playing it on the plane. And she, when she came back, she's like, we have, I couldn't finish watching it. You've got to get this. I'll watch it from the beginning again. It's wow. that good. It's Damn. It's There's badass. so many good shows now. It's a really interesting time to be a, a consumer. Oh, absolutely, you know? man. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm big on the Netflix and uh, Sneaky Pete. Did you ever see any of that? No, I heard that's great too. That's <sighs> an Amazon, right? Yeah, it's on yeah. Amazon. Yeah. yeah, everyone's just that Goliath is supposed to be fantastic on Amazon too. That's that Billy Bob Thornton show. Oh, I, I love the first season. I, I I haven't got to the second one yet, but uh, yeah, it's a crazy time. Have you thought about doing something like that? Make like maybe on a, a Netflix or something along those lines, like having like uh, sort of like inspirational clips m mixed in with your workouts with these people, showing transformations. Um, you know, I, a, a good friend of mine. That'd uh, be a you great know, idea. Do you know who Tim Tim Sabian is? I know the name, yeah. He, he was Howard Stern's yeah, main well, that's guy why I know for him. years. That's why I know the name. Okay. And uh, he just came up to me. He was at that show I was telling you about, All In, this weekend. And he was like, dude, Twitch is the future. You, We've got to do something with this. And I don't, I've don't. i heard of Twitch, but it was like video game. Mm -hmm. You know, people watching video game stuff. He said, yeah, but it's going to go to a whole new level. And Sabian's a really smart guy. And uh, I'm actually helping him get back on track with his health. So he's going to come to Atlanta and see me. He's going to talk to me and Steve and figure out what we do. I, I, I'm all over. We This company would never be successful without the internet. Like without people sharing right. that Arthur video everywhere, you know, and there's so many other videos that we've had go viral. One of my favorites, and I'll, I'll, I'll get this to you, uh, my buddy named Mark Merrow. He's a former wrestler, marvelous Mark Merrow. Back when we wrestled together, he was Johnny B. Bad. And he, he changed his name from Johnny to Mark? Well, his real name was Mark. Hide from chicks? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, they, Johnny real, B. Bad was bad. <laughs> he actually was. Actually, actually, Mark Merrow is a four-time New York um, um, Empire State Games boxing champion. Uh, yeah, from back in the day when he was a kid. But uh, he he's become this inspirational speaker to kids. I've never seen anybody move kids the way he does. So he was in Atlanta one day, and I sent my crew down there, because I got a whole production studio. Like, Resurrection, we filmed it, we edited it, we did everything. And um, I sent my crew down there to just go down and film him. And Steve took this one part where he talks about his mom. Now, no bullshit, Joe. I can show you how this one four-minute clip that Steve produced has over a half a billion views on Facebook. Like half a billion. And now, it, Mark went from having trouble getting booked at high schools to being in such demand that he had he had 3,000 requests the month that that video went crazy. <laughs> and people keep taking it and putting it out there, but he, he connects with kids. It starts out with, I wanna be rich, I wanna be famous. 
And then he shows you, as you know, what can come with that if you're not friggin' mentally prepared to handle that. And I don't know how any fucking kid can be 18, 19, 20 years old. I don't think they can. Yeah. Well, I've LeBron, never seen anybody succeed. LeBron. You yeah, know? He's <laughs> the, he, yeah. He, but you know what? I think one of the reasons why a guy like him has succeeded because his success comes along with athletic performance. Right. Like it's not just like being Justin Bieber. Right. Or, you know, right. being some sort of a musical superstar. I think the struggle of the athletic pr pursuit is one of the things that keeps you humble because th there's no way to get around the work. No. And the work keeps you humble. There's no, I mean, the kind of work that you have to put in to be a LeBron James, I don't care how genetically gifted he is. Sure. I mean, clearly, he's a fucking freak athlete. <laughs> but, Ridiculous. But he's, also, <laughs> but he's also got a powerful mind. When you hear yes. that guy talk, there was some sort of a roundtable thing he was doing. I don't know if you saw this with John Stewart and a, a few show. other people. Yeah, it's on HBO. Also. Is that his show? Yeah. When that guy talks, you what go, is it called? What Barber, is it? The Barbershop. Okay, uh, I gotta watch okay. it. I love LeBron. When he talks, him. you go, okay. There's a fucking nuclear furnace burning inside mm -hmm. that guy. That's why he's so successful. It's not just him being a freak athlete. It's the mind, his mind. But that hard work and that dedication in his mind is the reason why he's still so good and keeps it together. At, you know, what is he, 35 now? Mm, 33. 33? Yeah. But he just been around forever. <laughs> been around for a long time, but been super fucking successful for a it's long time. Ridiculous. And never fucked up. Never drove his car into a tree. Never punched a cop. Never got crazy. Right. I mean, he's he's kept it together in a rare way that very few superstars do. Because it's a, you know it. I mean, you. I'm sure you went from when you first started into pro wrestling to becoming super famous. It's a, it's an intoxicating drug. Absolutely. And it's a confusing drug. It confuses the shit out of a lot of people. Fortunately for you, you were already a man. Right. And that was the big difference. I used to say starting at 35 was the worst thing physically because one of my matches or any of these kids there, it's like four or five car accidents. Right. One match. <laughs> yeah. You really, know, every, legitimately. Every night. Yeah. And I said, as, you know, as hard as it was starting at 35, the really positive side was... I was 35. Right. So I was much smarter. And more disciplined, more mature. Way, way more. And, you know, when I was telling you about when you come to Atlanta, you're going to stay at my place, man. Okay. You, my, my wife is amazing. We have the best bed and breakfast. And there's like five rooms that are all king-size beds. Because, again, I'm getting ready to work with top athletes. You look at LeBron. You look at Brady. How do they perform at such a level? Especially Brady at being 40 years old now. Pretty and crazy. It's, but it's the way he eats which is pretty much the way I eat. Isn't he a vegan, though? Um, he's really, he doesn't eat legumes. It's, it's very strict. Again, the way I eat, I still want the beef. I still want, but I don't eat it all the time now. Or I used to eat that shit all the time. I used to eat 12 eggs in the morning. Now I eat eight. You know, five yolks and three mm -hmm. whites. But again, it's keeping the protein in. But, but he's eating for health. Let's just call it that. And he's not beating up his body outside you right. know of what he's doing when he gets hit he beats up his body but before that all he's doing is strengthening his body and that's what ddp wise is strengthening you like i just was you know reading something i, I love that that girly didn't todd didn't play in any preseason stuff this year you don't need that he's going to be out there he's going to be in the best shape right. he's not going to have put his body already through abuse you know so it's just like wherever you can everything that you do with jujitsu mma ufc nfl getting to the show is the thing and when you get to the show you have two jobs one be the best player you can be the best performer two don't get hurt you know what's crazy about tom brady he looks like someone's dad 
Like you see him on the beach. Right. He don't look like, you know, right. you know like you see Herschel Walker without a shirt off, you go, Jesus fucking Christ. What lab was that guy created in? <laughs> right. You know what I mean? But you, right. see, you see Tom Brady, like, oh, there's Mike's dad. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? He's totally normal looking. I mean, he doesn't look bad. He looks like he's in good shape. There he is. Look at that. Yeah. What? What the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? How's that possible? How is that man. the greatest quarterback of all time? That's Mike's dad. Work ethic. <laughs> but it's obviously his mind, too. I mean, that's fucking insane. And that guy ain't sucking in his gut for anybody. You could suck his dick. How about that? He's not sucking in his Bang! gut. He lets that thing hang out. Look at it. I mean, it's it's a couple of inches over his fucking shorts. He doesn't give a shit. Let, let, him, let him relax. He doesn't give a shit. He's got that gorgeous wife with him. He's covered. You know, they He's don't got get the perfect life. Her yeah. and Jessica Biel together created some sort of a nuclear explosion. <laughs> Too hot. Yeah, it's crazy. But it's again, crazy. It's about healing your body, and especially when you're in that spot. And that's what I can do for these guys. And you'll mm -hmm. see as we as we work out, you'll get it. And you know, well, it is everything. I want to go back to your back. See, this is what I don't understand. When the the conventional wisdom is when it's bone on bone, right. like you're fucked. There's too much inflammation there. There's too much grinding, right. and you're just it's just going to be too painful to do anything, and you're going to have to do some sort of a surgery. How how does the yoga is it because of all what? the muscle How's strengthen what? the DDPY? There we go. Sorry. <laughs> how does the DDPY do that? To, does it just the strengthening all the core muscles around your spine stabilizes everything and keeps there it, it from moving? The, the only thing I can give member Joe, I'm a fucking wrestler. I'm not a night right. a nightclub owner. Um, friggin', right. I've been working in the bar business my whole life. That's what I did before this. Um, but I, for some reason, I'm just gifted with figuring shit out. Like on my app, there's a guy named Jerry Cameron, disabled vet, in a wheelchair for two and a half years. There's no weight to lose. Right? He's six six five, two forty. Looks great. But he's got the walker that he got after two and a half years of being in a chair. Got himself out. Now, all this is on my app, on my, in my, uh, we can rebuild you. I'm doing my own little show. We can rebuild you. I trademarked that name. And you remember what that's from. Six million Six dollar million man. Dollar we man. can rebuild you. So that's <laughs> our thing, right? <laughs> so Jerry, we have him in we over the seven week period. Now he's got a long way to go still, but you will be so amazed every show that comes up, how he gains just a little bit more. Just little incremental steps. Exactly. And but the confidence. And like we, we we reached out to our community in Smyrna, Georgia, and we said we're looking for people that want our help. Help. Cost them nothing. If you'll be part of our group and we can track you, you can come, go, do our stuff, you know, and we gave, we gave them the app, we set them up. And out of the 12 or 13 and started, we still have like seven. And this is like eight weeks later. And to see their stories, like we follow them. Every couple of weeks, we'll pop up and show where they're at and what they're doing. But Jerry, I got a special spot in my, just like you do for military guys. You know, I, I've been to Iraq three times, Afghanistan once. You've done those tours of 13 days. I haven't, you go, I haven't oh, you haven't done there. it yet? No. Oh, you should, because they would freak the fuck out over you. Um, they would love you. Uh, but I started in 2004 with that shit. And over that period- Were you with Brian Williams when he was getting shot down? Oh, uh, no, 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 no. Really I, down. no. I just, you Remember know, I, I hate, no, I did not. He faked, he, 
it's well, I'm sorry I interrupted you. Yeah. <laughs> the bottom line is I, I have a fond spot for those guys. Yes. And I have yeah, something as I do as well. Yeah, I know. And there's is something I'm about to do off of my app that's gonna be life changing for a lot of those guys. I just don't have it all put together yet, but it's a it's one of the things that I'm working on right now because I want to be able to give back to help them. I do stuff with their organizations there, you know, they people start them. Like I just did one with Mod Deuce Deuce in um in um, New Jersey, where I'm from, like I live in Point Pleasant, Bricktown's the next town over, and I went over there and I did one for the guys there, and it w- you know I had like 75 guys there and guys and their families, and uh, every one of those disabled vets, I gave them the app, you know, because I just want you to do it, because if you do it, you're gonna feel better. I don't know how much better, how much work are you gonna put in. And right. you know, it all comes down to the work ethic. Like where you are, how much work you put in, where can you get? Right. And where it, I, my program meets you where you are. And that's the whole thing with Jerry, to watch where he is. And the last episode, I want to tell you what happened, because I know eventually you'll get around to it and you're going to be like, wow, this fucking shit's crazy. And for to answer your question on the back, all I can think of is I'm constantly lengthening and strengthening mm-hmm. like I stretched my whole wrestling my whole athletic career right up to I was 42 and three quarters when I blew my back out I stretch so stretching is great but it's not the end-all be-all I'm stretching and strengthening the muscles ligaments and tendons when you use the resistance and a dynamic time under tension when you do that it elevates your heart rate think about this you're at the at laying down your heart rate's the lowest ever right sit up what happens? Your heart rate goes up. Stand, walk, jog, sprint. Boom, 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 boom. That's what I'm doing when I had you flex your quads, flex your glutes, grab the ball, open those fingers wide, move with resistance. I'll guarantee you your heart rate, if you started at 80, it went to 105, 115, 120. I can take my heart rate from 90 to 140, well, 135, like that. And I mean two minutes, standing still. And... That's not yoga. Mm. That's DDPY. And I've been wearing a heart monitor doing this for over 18 years. So I, it's, it's more physically intensive. It's it more, can be. It's more strength. It can be. Can like be. I said, I did 10 10-second 10 push-ups on my six-second birthday. But, so you, but you still haven't gotten an MRI done since, not since the injury. Not since I've done it. So you just figure, fuck it, feels why, great. Why am I going to pay for that? <laughs> I just would like to see what it is. Because I, I know that there, it is possible to gain some space. Oh, I believe it has to yeah. be there. Well, I, they, they've done it with decompression. They've right. done it with, uh, you know, various exercises and things that people do that do lengthen the spine and stretch right. you out. And there's a, I have a bunch of things out back. I'll show you some of the things that they, that people have created to de- decompress the spine. You know, do you ever use one of those teeter things where you hang from I have your ankles? One. Yes. Yeah, those I, help I, a lot. I literally get out of my hyperbaric chamber. Let's talk about that for a minute. Yeah, do you, please. What do, you, what do you know about I've those? I've never done it, but I've heard amazing things from UFC guys that have that fought and had pretty significant injuries, hand breaks, muscle damage, and gotten there and had some pretty pretty rapid recovery because of it. My, my, my doctor, who she's my endocrinologist, when I told her I was doing it, she goes, well, Dallas, I, I, I can tell you, I, I know it can only help you. She goes, the only story I have about it, because I don't know enough about it, she said, I had a woman who had um, radiation therapy, so she had an open wound from her breast cancer, and it wouldn't close for over two years. Put, sent her down to Emory finally, put her in a hyperbaric chamber, three months later, 100% healed. 
Same things happens with people with diabetes. So I had heard like, LeBron had it, you know, because I don't, I never saw an article on it, but I just heard people talking about it, you know, in different areas that he had one, Kobe had one. They have them in their house? That's what I heard. I don't know if they do or they don't. Um, wow. I just heard it. So it got me thinking, and I, my house that I was just, I just left, it's called the accountability crib. And I'm about to put this out there everywhere. It's when I moved Jake into my home in Atlanta. I just bought it. And it was all about being accountability. One of my friends, Christina Ann, uh, sent me a, a list of names. I want to call this something. I put it out there on the internet and she sent me like 22 names and one of them is the accountability crib. So that's what I call it. DDP's accountability crib. And you, you got to be accountable for everything. And the thing I, I love that home, but it was 22 steps, you know, to get to my bedroom and my knees are bone on bone. So going down was a drag. So I figured, fuck it, I'm going to buy a new home, master on main, and I'm going to build this, you know, I have this place that I can bring in top end athletes that want to be healed, you know? So going back to um, the crib, I'm making that like an Airbnb now, and I'll have like the Jake the Snake Roberts suite, the, um, uh, the, uh, Razor Ramon suite, the DDP suite, you know, so that, that'll be pretty cool. That's going to happen next week. We're gonna this is LeBron getting into his hyperbaric oh, chamber. Oh, okay, great. Up. Why doesn't LeBron shave his head? What's going on with that? Someone explain that. There's some, so much fuckery going on with his hair. Wow. Okay, mm. that looks a lot. But mine, I, I, I would venture to say that he is not at 12 PSI on that thing. And what that means is pounds per square inch. If you're like... 10 to say 10 feet below sea level, mm -hmm. that's about four pounds per square inch. You get, you know, it just goes up. 20 would be like eight, eight you know, pounds per square inch. At 12 pounds per square inch, the pressure is there and it takes like 10 minutes to get up there. Like you're blowing your nose, like, you know, like just getting the air, getting your, you know, fix your ears and all that shit. But what happens when you get to 12 PSI, now it breaks the brain barrier and the oxygen will go to your brain. So this is, I didn't know any of this shit till I sit next to a guy named Brad Campbell, who's like an angel, this cat. And we just start talking on a plane. And at some point I said, man, how old are you anyway? It sounds like you do a lot of shit. And he says, I'm thinking he looks the max 45, maybe 40. He goes, I'm 57. I go, you're 57. I said, how the fuck do you look like that? He said, I've been living in a hyperbaric chamber for the last 14 years. Oh, he's a weirdo. Keep okay. that guy away from me. Wait a minute. All right. I said, how did that happen? He said, I was diagnosed with MS 22 years ago. Oh, wow. Right. And so I'm like, he's so using that to keep the MS in check? He told me that when he gets a 12 PSI and it goes to your brain, and this would be layman's terms, okay? Right. Like when you get MS, it kind of like crystallizes on your brain. All right, and when the crystals fill up, where do they go next? Down your spine. Hence the cane, the walker, the chair. So what somebody, I don't know who the person was, who figured out 20 days in a chamber, and it's all about consistency. You do it once or twice, you're gonna feel better, a little bit, but when you do it like consistent, like 20 days, like they do there, take off five days, you do that four times, you, you do your MRI on your brain before you start, and after, there's a kid named Daniel Bryan, who was one of the biggest stars in professional wrestling, and a couple of years ago, he had to retire at the height of his career, and he was the hottest guy on the planet at the time, and he wasn't a big guy, 
but he was the number one guy in the business. And he had to retire because of concussions. Well, he's back. And I haven't talked to him directly about this, but I did hear that he was using a hyperbaric chamber mm. to help heal his brain. Now, again, while he's telling me this story, I'm not thinking about MS, but I'm thinking, I've been hitting the head a lot. Yeah. You know, I've been knocked out a shitload of times. I knocked out a shitload of guys by accident, but, you know, they weren't trying to knock me out either, but it's not checkers out there. Right. So and I've been hitting the head with chairs and all that shit. Yeah, so, how do you guys do that? How you, do you hit someone? Are you supposed to go with it? You know, how does that work? Here's the deal. If I walk up to you and we're about to go out there and I'm going to slap the shit out. They don't do it anymore. But in the old days, if I'm going to hit you with a chair, you got to hit it. Like, even, right? Right. I'd say, hey, dude, I'm going to say I'm sorry right now. And you would say back to me, well, come with it, motherfucker. Don't make it look weak. I mean, that's what you would say. Because right. if we're going to shoot an angle on it, let's go with it. But don't you think that back when you were 35, they didn't understand traumatic they did. brain they injury? They did not. That's why they let yeah. us do it. They don't let it, they don't, you don't see that anymore. But do you remember when Dennis Rodman wrestled? Yes. Well, that was with, I got Carl Malone involved. And it was me and Carl Malone against Rodman and Hogan. It was fucking huge. <laughs> I took my name to a different level. But Rodman was supposed to be at practice that day in Detroit. We were in Detroit that night with, with uh, Nitro. And he, him and Hogan, I'm about to do this announcement. And him and Hogan come from the back and whack me with chairs. Now, this is Dennis Rodman, all right? Now, he's not one of the boys. He doesn't know you've got to lay it flat. Right. If you, and and there's a, there was some big, like, probably like a mat, you know, from a wrestling, like a, uh, you know, mat that collegiate wrestlers wrestle on. Mm -hmm. So this big roll of rubber was there. It was probably about three feet off the ground. And I said, I know you've never swung a chair before so let me show you something and i'd pick my hands up with a chair and then i'd lower them down just right on top of it then i'd pick them up and i'd lower them flat i said you see how flat it is right and i took it up and i hit it as hard as i could boom i said if you hit me like that we're good and then i just turned with my left hand moved down a little more so now the railing of the chair hit it and it put a big dent in it i said if you hit me like that you break my ribs i said so please let me see you do it. Hit a fly. And he was great. You know, and they came out and it was on ESPN that night because he was supposed to be in practice. And here he is fucking around with us on uh, shooting the angle on Nitro. So it was pretty cool. But it's all about laying it flat. And then you see how it's not checkers. <laughs> you it's, know? Not, it's not fucking checkers. <laughs> One of the most disturbing things I ever saw was Brock Lesnar doing that flip mm. off the top rope and landing on his head. Oh, my God. There's not a, a lot of human beings that would even survive that. No. And then he goes on to complete the pin. He, How the fuck did he not get knocked unconscious from that? And how the fuck did he not have permanent spinal injury from that? And he is 300 pounds at the time. I tell everybody, you know, think what you fucking want about professional wrestling. You can't fake gravity. <laughs> you know, well, and that you motherfucker that. was flipping in the air. I mean, he's, he's the baddest motherfucker alive as far as I'm concerned. You can survive that. 300 pounds flying through the air, landing on the top of his neck. I and mean, you watched it. Watch, watch this here. Watch this shit. Here, here, here it is. Here look, it is. At what, look at the size look of this motherfucker. Look how far he is. Oh! oh that is so <laughs> fucked up. That is so fucked up. Look at him. Grabbing his head. Oh. I mean, he landed on his fucking head. How is he alive? I don't know. He's not. He I, missed that so bad. He's cyborg. Yeah, I mean, he's one of the best fuckers alive. He literally <laughs> landed on his head. And this was before. And look at this. 
And the other baddest motherfuckers right there next to him. Yeah, <laughs> Kurt, Kurt Angle, who's <laughs> also completely fucked up from wrestling. I mean, oh, his man. arms, both of his arms are completely atrophied because he's had so many spinal surgeries yeah. and spinal injuries. His neck is completely fused up. I, I, mean, I begged him. An to Olympic do it gold with me. medalist, a legit Olympic Who gold medalist in wrestling. Broke his neck. Yes. Before. And still won. And still won. Again, one of the baddest motherfuckers. Alive. I mean, but again, this this job, which is. You, you know, I mean, it's obviously it's a work. Everyone's it's work. It's entertainment, right? But physically demanding in terms of physically demanding, crazy. It might be more physically demanding than any sport. You know, it's right thing, up there. The only thing I can think that might be as bad, but they don't do it every day, is bull riding. Oh. <laughs> that's the yeah. only thing. I don't even know if that's a sport. That's just crazy people. Yeah, that's it's it's, it's pretty nutty. <laughs> I, I had a friend of mine who uh, has done it, and he had. Uh, some eight or nine shoulder surgeries. His shoulder was just shredded. It was just sure. it was just all these cut marks all over his shoulders. It just blown apart, and they stitched it back together, and blew it apart, and stitched it back together again. It's like, yep. how about stop riding fucking two thousand pound animals, bro? <laughs> I don't want to fuck with one of those things, man. They're just, they're just so crazy coming out of the gate. You can't control that at all. Yeah, no, you can't control that at all. So the guys who had those runs, they're pretty banged up. And the other guys, I I've just started. You know, I'm talking to. Uh, Bart Oates, who is the president of the NFL alumni, and we've been talking about doing something for the guys. And again, when I do shit like that, I just give it to them just to help them. And I've talked to a few of the players. I got a few guys, you know, loving it. And so it's just, again, helping them with because there's, you know, those guys are all weightlifting, running. Right. We can't do either now. Right. Because you're so beat up. So. It, you know, it was funny when we watched the, you, I know I'm sure you watched the uh, Super Bowl when they had the 50th anniversary a couple of years back, and all the MVPs who came out there, mm -hmm. just, it, it was brutal to watch how beat up they are. Yeah. The only guy, of course, Jerry Rice looks like he could still play, you know, because that's sort of bitch is the greatest, he's just a freak and super athlete, and somehow, I don't know with all the crazy shots he's been hit with, that he has survived, but there's certain people, I always say they could eat plastic, yeah. like they can MD5. do anything. Yeah. And, um, you know, you said Herschel Walker before perfect that. Example. I'm perfect example. Still wants to fight. You know, you know, he was fighting in Strike Force when he was 48 years old. I and watched he was it. built yeah. like a fucking 20 year old freak of nature, fully shredded. And then, you know, I mean, you really have to stop and think if that guy did fight when he was in his 20s instead of in his mm. 40s, late 40s, right. he could have been a world champion. And I'm not bullshitting. He's that kind of a freak athlete. Yeah. He, he, he one of my claim to fame with him was his last big run for Dallas. He caught like the ball and ran 67 yards into the end zone. This is like 1997. And he put the ball between his hands, did the diamond cutter <laughs> side, and did the bang. But it, you didn't know because he put the ball in there if it was that or he was doing something else. And one of my friends uh, who had a show, a radio show, in, uh, uh, Craig, in, um, he had it in um, uh, Arizona. He called me up. He goes, D. I'm having Walker on the show today. He goes, do you want to sit in the wings? I'll ask him if, the, if he did the diamond cutter or not. And I just go, dude, I definitely want to hear that. So he put me on the phone in the wings, and I'm waiting there. And he said, so what happened that day? Uh, what, 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 what was that thing you did with the ball? He goes, well, you know, I'm a big WCW fan, and I'm, I really like Diamond Dallas Page, and I felt the bang, and I just did it and did the bang and everything. And he goes, well, he's on the air right now with you. He's like, get out of here. And we became buddies out of it. I lost oh, touch with him since then, but he's great. Guy. That's guy. hilarious. What I think you're doing, and what I think the, one of the best benefits of yoga, and I'm sure the same with DDPY, is that 
you're connecting everything together. Whereas like yoga and sprinting, all these explosive exercises, it's building up the muscles. But right. what you're doing is you're tightening up all the joints. Right. You're tightening up the core and the joints. And this is the thing that people are missing, that a lot of people are missing that are really into fitness and exercise. They're doing all this explosive stuff, but what's connecting everything together is what blows out. Right. The knees, the ankles, the shoulders, the back. And this this is something that's missing from a lot of people's workouts because it's not as glamorous, no. right? It's not like you do biceps, your, your biceps get all pumped up. You do chest, you get all pumped up, you look great. It's a different thing. What no. you're doing is for overall body maintenance and health and just connecting all these parts together in a way that makes the whole unit stronger and healthier. And, and again, that's what I was saying. I'm stretching and strengthening. Just yeah. think about going over your head and reaching up what, you know, <laughs> when I started class of, like I just had 175 people pay to be a part of a workshop that I do called Inspiration Meets Perspiration. And I guarantee them two things. I'm gonna have them so jacked up, I'm gonna have them so inspired, they're gonna feel like they could run through the brick wall, and two, they're gonna sweat their ass off. But I met, let them meet it where they are on whatever level. So the person who might be 400 pounds and the person who's shredded over there can get a good workout at the same time. Because I'm showing him how to do that modification over there. And he might even have a chair. And this guy, I'm going, go deep. No, no, go deep. Now, let me show you this. Now, grab the ball, open it up, and then pull. But before I start one of those things, because there's people there who come because they heard it's yoga, right? Right. And I walk, you know, I've got my mic on, and I go, I'm walking, I go, if you came here for the yoga where you reach your arms to the heavens so the universe smiles back at you, and I drop my arms, I go, we won't be doing any of that shit today. <laughs> How did, what kind of yoga did you start with? Power yoga. It was, I was starting Just with Brian power Ka yoga. Yeah, so well, you never did like Bikrams or no? I've done everything. I've done Kundalini. Yeah, I've done. I've done all of them at least once, just to try. Like I respect yoga at a different level. Like as much as any. Like what's really funny is like guys like Brian Kess and Shiva Ray, and there was a my buddy of mine um, Arthur Klein did a movie called Why Yoga, and in it he gives me a camera, and it was the second time I went to Iraq. And I filmed all this shit and me with the guys and then you know, interviewing, I wasn't interviewing, someone else was interviewing him for me and we, it got this great, you know, great stuff. But in the beginning, I'm talking about how, like I literally was interviewed when I wrote the book, Yoga for Regular Guys. And I get, and it was smoking hot chicks and regular guys. Cause back then it, I meant TNA when right. I said it. Right. And I never thought women would love the workout the way they do. And I what was this year that you put this together? 2005. So I was interviewed by this guy from the Wall Street Journal, and literally he quoted me saying when Kimberly had asked me if I would do the yoga, I was like, fuck that. I wouldn't be caught dead doing yoga. And he put in there, F dash, 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 that, I wouldn't be caught dead doing yoga. So that's in the beginning of the movie, right? <laughs> so the yogis like hate me. But by the time it gets to the end where they see like, I'm just putting a different spin on it. And I'm not trying to do what you're doing, but similar, right. getting, as far as I'm concerned, more benefits. Now, when you say power yoga, for people who've never done yoga before, dif differentiate. Like, what does that mean when you say power yoga versus like something like Bikram yoga? Um, Bikram is, <laughs> to me, first of all, I don't want to be that hot. I don't want to be in a hot room. I want to heat my body up in the cold. 
Mm. So I don't want to put myself in a position where it's so hot that I can go farther than I've ever come before because then I'm going to walk out into the real world and then I'm not going to get that. I want to be able to get what I get in the real world. And there's like, I want to say, I don't know how many positions there are. Let's say there's 46 positions or whatever it is in Bikram. I think it's 28. Whatever it is. I thought it was 27 or 20. I can't remember. I don't remember either. But either way, he trademarked that. So that, like, and it was a yeah, big... Yeah, he lost that in court, though. Yeah, but, but, but he, uh, I thought he won, but who cares? Either way. I think he way. lost, and on top of that, I don't think it was his to begin with. I think somebody else had, had put all those patterns together before him. That, and then probably so, because, again, it's yeah, friggin' yoga. It's yoga. It's been around for thousands of years. But for me, what I do, like... Uh, one time Chris Jericho and I were, he was, he came by my house in LA and when I was living here and we went out to the park and he's like, so what do you do? Do you do stand up one day? Uh, you know, strength builder the next. I go, Chris, I do it different. Every, f- I do the same open and do the same clothes, but all the middle, I go, it's like a match, man. I'm making it up as I go along at times, you know, and I'm improv because I'm seeing what you can do. And then I'm going to take a different, if I see you can really go. Well, I'm going to push you to a different level that I go to. If you can't, then I'm going to back way the fuck off because I don't want to burn you. I want you to. I did it with Tito. Tito Ortiz, one time, he'd written something in um, uh, Sports Illustrated, interviewed him. And I had met him at a strip joint in Vegas. And he was the man in UFC at the time. And he wanted to go. They weren't making any money. You remember back in the beginning when they weren't sure. making any money. And he wanted to go to where WWE. we were. Right. Yeah. And I was like, dude, here's what I really feel. This shit you're doing is building crazy momentum. I go, we're at the top of where we're going to go right now. And it's so cyclical. At some point, it's going to fall out. I said, it's a whole different thing than what you're doing. I know you appreciate it, which I'm super excited about. But bottom line is, man, stay where you are. And he's saying this in the SI interview, right? So I still had his number, and I called him up. And he answered the phone. I'm like, hey, Tito. Like, hey, DDP. I'm like, hey, man, I, uh, I saw what you said, and uh, you told the story exactly. Because I talked him out of it, like trying to go. And told him, no, stay where you are, dude. You're about to have a hell of a run. And he put that over. So wow. I said, I said, man, you remembered exactly where the way it went. And he said, yeah. He goes, of course, that's you what know, I'm going to He's fighting tell. again. I heard that. He's fighting next month. I went down and worked out Two months, with him. November. Yeah. I worked out with him after he did his back surgery. He's had a bunch of back surgeries. Well, the first one. Yeah. The first one, I worked with him. And I'm figuring, this is Tito Ortiz, man. I'm going to freaking push him to show him how this will strengthen him. Then after that, he wouldn't do it. And I, I finally pinned him down. I go, Tito, why didn't you do it again? He goes, it was too fucking hard, bro. I'm like, dude, you say that? You're one of the baddest fucks alive. How can you? And he's like, you know, I just thought it was too. I said, I can make it super easy. And that's where I learned, back the fuck off, meaning me. Bring it where they meet it. And let me show you how we can help. Like Cain Velasquez, he was just down in um, in um, the uh, performance center down in WWE. And I'm training the guys down there. And I go down for like a week at a time. I heard he's thinking about going into pro wrestling after his career's over. Well, I'll tell you what, man. Because he, he's I, another guy who's had a shitload of back surgeries. and Shoulder surgeries, knee surgeries. And he, you know, could draw huge money. Yeah. I mean, he really could. I'm he's sure. such a natural, as you can imagine. And he's a giant Mexican. Yeah, <laughs> How many of those are there? You know? Yeah, yeah, right. That doesn't really exist like that. First ever Mexican heavyweight champion. 
Tremendous combat sports. I, no, I watch know? it, man. He's one of the greatest of all time, if not the greatest. He just his body couldn't keep up with his mind. Right. His mind was so physically tough. I mean, his mind was so he was so mentally tough that his his physical body would start falling apart. His knees, his back, his shoulders. It's just when you watch that guy train. I mean, he trains like nobody. Him and Daniel Cormier would just go to a fucking war. Right. Man, I, I'm so happy for DC. I mean, what? Well, he's awesome. Know, he's on uh, Thursday. No, he's here Thursday. Oh, he is. Please yeah. tell. You know, we've never met, but he's I know he loves what we do, and he you know, and I, are I just love him. The uh, fights in Dallas this weekend. Oh, great! Yeah, there's uh, UFC uh, welterweight championships in Dallas this weekend. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. Um, I forgot what I was going to say before you said Cormier. Tito yeah. Ortiz. It was too difficult for him. You know, that's when you learn to back the fuck off. And that Cain Velasquez. Okay, Cain. Man, wow, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> you should do this. You should. You should have a show. Uh, oh, it's crazy. You do. Tell right. how much pot I smoke. <laughs> so when I when I was down there, I did six workouts in four, five days. Six workout, two double sessions, and a single session every day. Kane made four of them, and then you know we changed numbers. And I sent him my program. I said Matt's heart monitor, and I don't know if he's doing it. I haven't checked back. It in would with help him, him tremendously, yeah. tremendously. It really would, you know, because that guy's whole issue has been really his back. I mean, there's other injuries, the shoulders and the knees and stuff like that, but they can fix those better right. than they can fix your back. Right. The back is. I know if he's once doing they it, lose those discs, you know. And I told him, like I told you, I said, I, I, you know, if you can get out to Atlanta, mm -hmm. like I'll personally work with you. It costs you this. I just right. want you to have the results because, like Arthur, the mm -hmm. results will speak for themselves. You know. Right. Yeah. No. I mean, I I'm a believer, a hundred percent. And I just I, I I just can't say enough how impressed I am with that video with Arthur. That, that is one of the most impressive transformation videos I think I've ever seen online. And that's saying a lot. Yeah. yeah it's, 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 what I found uh, on the internet, there's few things that they really share. Like when Steve first did that video, I looked at it and I went, man, you don't have, uh, back then it was still, uh, we were just branding it DDP Yoga. Mm -hmm. You don't have ddpyoga.com on it though, bro. He goes, I read a book and in the book, remember this is 2011. And he said, I read a book that talked about um, if you want something to go viral, it can't be an advertising ad. It has to be, unless it's super funny, then that's different. He said, but if you want to, there's two things we can do here. We can make it an ad or we can inspire people. He goes, what do you want to do? I said, let's inspire people. So then I watched it again, right? And then I'm watching it and I go, fuck, he put the, I'm a yogi in there. So I called him up and I go, bro. I go, I don't want to be, a, I mean, I love yoga, but I don't, I want to go for the You're people. You're doing your yeah. own thing. Right. And he goes, all right, I just want you to think about this. And this is why St Steve, Steve is like an Ivy Leaguer, graduated from Cornell, like super smart, was literally on his way to being a top guy at IBM and thought, fuck that. I don't want to do that. I want to inspire people. So he is only guy that I know is self-taught 100% how to edit, how to produce, how to do everything. And Resurrection, Jake the Snake, when you see it, you'll know. That's his baby. That video is his baby. So he said, just imagine this, all right? Yoga is going to want to take credit for all of this. Even though it's our shit and it's different, it's still, you know, a version of. He said, that'll end up on every yoga studio wall ever and that's what helped it go viral so remember he said that in the mm. video that he'd been turned away 
Right. Because he needed, he needed the chair. They didn't have any such thing. They don't know how to incorporate that into their flow. Right. I do. So you just you figured out the chair as a balancing tool. And we have, and we have some where people are just sitting down and we, we have like beginner, beginner. But by the time you come into my class, like when I'll do, I'll go do a class and I'll be back. So let everybody know Tuesday of next week, I will be doing a class at DDP Yoga Performance Center. And it'll be jammed. You won't be able to fit enough people in there. But there'll be people with chairs. And there'll be people without them, and the energy will be insane because I've got you counting, and you'll see, like, grab the ball. Now grab a hold and work your back and buys here and pull. Deep breath. Three, two, one. I'm engaging everything. Now negative rep. So you're engaging again. Again, I want to get your heart rate up there and keep it there. What did you do before you were pro wrestling when you were 35? I was running nightclubs. I was running nightclubs. I was in a nightclub business since I was 17. They actually had me bounce. They didn't know how old. They didn't know I wasn't old enough because I was 6'4 and like 180 pounds. But I was tall, and they ha- I started bouncing when I was 18. Once they found I was 17, and get the hell out of here. You're not old enough. But I came back when I was 18, and then I was barbacking and bartending. And I was running. I ran a small rock and roll joint at 22 and a half years old. And then I went to Houston. I lived down there for a while, and honky-tonk scene was insane then i came back for a wedding and i there was a place in asbury park new jersey which is where i'm from the jersey shore it's really funny i always tell people this from the same jersey shore area me and bam bam bigelow who's a future hall of famer you know to me she'll already be in um danny devito jack nicholson john bon jovi and bruce Springsteen, all from that like same jersey shore area but um i uh, i came back for a wedding and there was this club opening up and so i went in there and i talked to the guy and he goes well i need a head bartender i said i won't be a head bartender but i'll be a general manager and i'll get behind the stick two days a week but this place was huge like you get 12, behind 000. the stick the b- bahar get behind the oh. bar and bartend you know in slower <laughs> nights you know get behind the stick get behind the stick okay. <laughs> i get it the beer stick right, right? well yeah we, we, our place was it was huge it was a big we had rock and roll and disco first time bruce springsteen ever sang dancing in the dark was caught up with a band called bystander and sang with them because you know bruce down two blocks one block away was a stone pony where i watched him probably 18 sundays in a row play with a band called cats on a smooth surface you you just jump up and start playing you know and now how'd you go to pro wrestling so i I was running a club i tried it when i was 22 that was right before i started to actually you know, get a chance at running a club. I had three matches. I sucked. I tore. I torqued my knee. And when I was 12 years old, I mean, I was like, I loved football and hockey. Like in my mind, I'm going to play defensive end for the New York Giants. I mean, that's my mind at the time. But then I walked out. I hit by a car. My face bounced off the hood, and I flew 42 feet from the point of impact. Jesus Christ! No such thing as rehab in 1968. So they wouldn't let me play. Football or, or or hockey, but they there. Here's the two sports they you can play. They just decided you were broken. They're like you're you you can't get a doctor to sign for you, and they weren't going to sign for me. So they gave me two choices: baseball and basketball. I suck at both. And baseball, you got to have somebody. Yeah. Basketball, you don't. And I didn't even make the team in seventh grade, and I didn't give a fuck because I didn't really like it. When you say you got to have somebody, what do you mean? You have to have someone to throw the ball back and forth with. Oh, I see. You got to have nine guys. You got to you know, right. you know, at least seven. You know, they, they play with another seven or whatever. Right. Nine is what you want, of course, but whatever you can do to make it work. For basketball, you just need one. You need a ball, 
in a hoop. That's it. And eighth grade, I sat on the bench, and I'd never sat on the bench ever. So I thought, that's never happened to me again. And it, it taught me the greatest lesson. It taught me that summer, I played every day, all day long, five hours a day minimum. You know, you can by yourself, you know, layups, hooks, foul shots, whatever, you know. And then the games pick up in the beginning, you know, I didn't get picked up, you know, until the end, maybe. And then as time went on over that summer, it kept getting better and better and better and better. My freshman year, I started and we went undefeated. By my sophomore year, I was playing varsity. So I realized that work ethic equals results. So that was the huge lesson I learned from that. So now I'm 23 years old and I've, you know, I, I hurt my knee and, I, and I'm going to take some time off away from the dream of being a wrestler. And I get caught in the booze, the broads and the party. Because it's a Booze, fun broads and the party. Destroyer of men. <laughs> and, and I was lucky that I had a way of parenting myself, like getting into that whole party scene, which I did, but slowly I kind of backed myself out a little bit each year. Mm. And I've got this club in Fort Myers, Florida at the time. And this one, I actually own a little piece of it with my buddy Tony Cafaro and a couple other guys. And, um, one night, I'm in, the, I'm in the office, and we had a camera at the back door and a camera at the front door. And this place would hold, legally, probably about 600 people. We got 1,000 in there. And I'm looking at the camera as the person walks and looks just like Jake the Snake Roberts. I'm a huge fan of Jake Roberts. So I friggin' run out the outside of the building, come around, because I don't want to walk through the people. And I go to this girl, Judy, at the front door. I go, did a guy just walk in here who looks like Jake Roberts? She goes, yeah. She goes, I think it's him. So I go, practically go running in there like a huge mark. And when I see him, I slow down. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to overfan boy? Don't want to overfan boy. Take a breath. So uh, while he's up at the bar, I'm like, uh, hey, uh, you Jake Snake Roberts. Who wants to know? <laughs> I said, the guy who runs this place. He goes, yeah. I go, what are we drinking? And that's how we started. So it's really crazy that in Resurrection, I help him not drink again. That is amazing. I mean, this, uh, that happened. And then, of course, I paid for all his drinks. And next thing you know, Ted DiBiase's there. Bushwhackers are there. Like all the guys from the 80s. If you wrestled in Tampa, then you had to go to Miami. Well, Fort Myers was the perfect location. So they had seen all these different these boys coming through there, right? So I did all my own radio commercials back then. So back then I might be like, Thursday, Thursday, hot legs. And then I might throw in, oh yeah, dig it, don't miss, <laughs> hot legs, yeah. Ooh, thinking, thinking, thinking. And people didn't know if it was Randy or Hulk or Jesse or whoever, and I never told anybody, right? So they do this interview on on uh, The Voice, because this is Fort Myers. It's, little, it's called the Party News Network. My buddy Kevin, yeah, we're going to do a spot on you on the news network. I'm like, okay. So they filmed me in my 62 pink Cadillac. They filmed me at the studio. So you had a 62 pink Cadillac? Convertible. Ooh, <laughs> it was baby. The, yeah, it was, divorce, it was the, the first divorced wife I never had. Oh, <laughs> what a car. Uh, I just What'd saw one go that? by. I eventually sold it because you know, you're oh. constantly putting. I wore, I drove it all the time. Oh, I loved it. Though. That's one you're supposed to keep. 62 pink one. convertible. <laughs> it was badass. Bruce, man. There's another Bruce Springsteen song. New what a fucking great song that was. Oh man, the best. We actually at that club gave away. It was like a '68 
pink Cadillac convertible. You got a Is picture that... of a 62? Try 62 pink Cadillac convertible There's on a... Google. It's probably a picture of his. There's a picture of me with three hot, smoking hot diamond dolls in my Harley. <laughs> <laughs> It's got to be somewhere on there. Uh, there it is. There it there is. There it is. Look at that fucking car. Is there any other pictures where you can see the front of it? There's a, there there's it shot. Is. Oh, what a car. No, that's not it, but that's 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 but like, that, that's a 61. Yeah, that's a hard top. There, yep. That's an older. It's got to have the wings on the bottom. One. Go to that last one that you just went to. Oof, look at that one. Beautiful. What is that man. last convertible one you went to? One one before that. Oh, that's like a 56. No, that's a, that's a 61, I think. That's a 59. That's my that right favorite. There. Look at that. 70. That's a 70, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 70. That's badass. Look at the fucking car. God damn, they made some cars. Go go, go back to that shot of me and the whatchamacallit there. It's so funny because back then, there is like that. <laughs> they, this, there is. No, Joe, I, I just remember. How old are you here? Right there, um, I am 31 years old. That is, if you guys want to read a really great, like super detailed, like insanely long, um, it's called A Letter to My Younger Self. It's ah. the Player's Tribune. And so when we're writing this, yo, it's so fucking long. I'm like, I, well, let me cut back on some of it. They're like, no, no, we need more detail. And then it goes to 9,000 words. And then they want more detail. Look that it goes, you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that hair. Now that's a head of that's hair. A that's a 1980s head of hair if I ever saw one. <laughs> Holy shit. Look, well, at the, look at the cops looking at you from behind. Like, what the fuck is this guy doing? I'm a manager then. So so let me let me give you the backstory into this. So back up, back up. That's the money picture with right little, there. With a cute face. How old were you there? Like eight, nine? Uh, I don't know. Fucking, he was trouble. That, that son of a bitch was major trouble. <laughs> so let me go back to where friggin'. Uh, so I, uh, I do this radio spot. And when they're doing it, not radio, this uh, TV, uh, when I do the radio spot, yeah. they're filming me in my car. Ready to do a radio spot? I'm wearing a WrestleMania t shirt. And I know because I have this footage still. And I put it up on my motivational Mondays for my very first one. A power, a power of what's possible. And then they film me at my office, all right? Now let me just digress. The week before, I'm going around at night and I'm grabbing the drawers, you know, like the, the money drawers. And I'm watching video that's up on Girls Just Wanna Have Fun. Remember that? With Cindy Lauper, sure. and it had Captain Lou Albano on it, who's like one of my favorite managers ever. Super character, did a bunch of movies. Lou was just super friggin' fun to watch. He's in that video, and I'm picking up the drawers, and I'm not talking to anybody but myself. And I say, "There he is! There he is!" <laughs> Captain Lou with the rubber bands and the beard. I oh that. God! So I look up at that video and I go, "Rock and wrestling." I should have been a part of that. And I walk into my office. Now, other bartenders are going to come in and count their drawers right now. And Smokey comes in, my head bartender, and he comes in, he goes, Paige J. Because my real first name is Paige Joseph Falkenberg. And my dad, ah. yeah, right, that, that, that name's never going to draw any money. <laughs> yeah, Paige Falkenberg is going to tough sell. <laughs> exactly. And Diamond my, Dallas Page, that makes sense. It worked, right? But my dad's page one, and he said, I'm freaking, you know, you're page two. And I'm like, no. As a little kid, he said I didn't like that. So Dallas Cowboys was my team that I loved the most when I was a little kid. I don't know, because of the stars or whatever and Landry and all that shit. And uh, he ends up uh, 
nickname me Dallas. So I always loved that name. So I just put them together and just kind of created ah. it, right? So I tried that as handsome. So, so bottom line is Smokey comes in the back and he goes, Page J, he goes, uh, what do you mean rock and wrestling? You should have been a part of that. And I said, well, you know, I tried it when I was a kid. He goes, you did? What was your name? I said, Handsome Dallas Page. And he went, oh, <laughs> you forget about using that gimmick anymore. And everybody laughed, you know. And now we're drinking. It's after hours, right? So I can't get it out of my head, Joe. And I just start scribbling. And I write Diamond Dallas Page. And I said, you know. Where would you get the diamond? I just figured my birthday. April. And it just kind of flowed. April is a, a diamond month? April's diamond month. Yeah, April 5th is a diamond. And I... Um, I love Classy Freddie Blassie, and I love the way that name float. Classy Freddie Blassie. I thought, Diamond Dallas Page. It kind of flows. I go, what about if my name was, I'm too old to be a wrestler. Now, because remember, I tried when I was 22 or 20, 23, 22, and now I'm 31. So you're thinking you were going to be a manager or something? I'm going to be a manager. Jimmy Hart's a manager. I could be Diamond Dallas Page. Jimmy Hart, you know, has got the Hart Foundation. I could have the Diamond Exchange. Whoa, drink, drink, shot, shot. So now we're getting pretty fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) And at some point, I say, say, you know, um, you know, there's not a lot of really good-looking women in wrestling today. I go, Miss Elizabeth's beautiful, but she's girl next door beautiful. What if I had a whole stable of ladies and I called them diamond dolls and they were stripper hot? It was like, oh, that'll be a stretch. Whoa, shot, shot, drink, drink. And so the end of the night comes around, and I'm like, diamond dolls page, the diamond exchange, the diamond dolls. I go, man. That's fucking B-A-double-D bad. And I went, did I just make that up? Did I steal that from somebody? And I just wrote it down. A week later, here I am with the Party News Network, and they're interviewing me. And at some point, they say, so where does the voice come from? Now, Joe, if there's not a pair of white sunglasses there at the time, I don't know if I do it. But they're sitting right there next to that shit. So I grab them and I put them on. And were I say, they your sunglasses? Yeah, they were my sunglasses. They would wrap around. I mean, if they weren't there, I don't know if I say it. I don't know if I go into character. Right. But because I could put a mask on. Oh. I go, the voice comes from Diamond Dallas. <laughs> Give me some volume. Give me some volume on this. When the Iceman puts you in the deep freeze, it's lights out. Now, ladies, I wasn't talking to you. I was talking to the ladies on TV. Now, ladies, you must be getting back to the limo. Get back to the limo now, ladies. These oh, my the God. Jewels. Get over here, daddy. These They're right the out of a white snake video. Exactly. You, you, you conduct this interview? You kind of nickname them. Get, get with it's the getting a little hot in here. Get with the program here. Like I was saying, when the Iceman puts you in the deep freeze, it's lights out. Pay attention, Mr. Bernstein. Well, let's bring out... <laughs> Oh my God, this is fucking classic. You got a Motley Crue t-shirt on with yes, no neck. Yes. Look at this guy. Rock hard Rick. <laughs> and then Jack Bernstein has his own show in Jersey as a podcast on country music, but he's a big, he was a big jock for a long time. Great pipes. Oh, there. This is, oh, this is hilarious. <laughs> the man, he's peeling down the walls of my mind with his bare hands. He was looking for rough cut diamonds, don't you know? As a matter of fact, one time one of my diamond mines collapsed. Collapsed? Collapsed. We had to bring in cranes. We had to bring in trains. We even brought in planes. Because we were afraid at the bottom of that mine lay this big, 
Big man. Big John. <laughs> Big man, John. That's right, Jack. We are bringing today. We're bringing out. Oh, my God. This is fucking classic. What year is all this happening? Yeah, that's the beginning of where it started. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Wait, wait, wait. Look at this girl. The Diamond Dallas Satin Exchange. Oh, here. my goodness. You know goodness. what I'm saying? You know what I'm talking about? This man is loved by women all over the world. They love to cuddle him. He is the Teddy Bear. If you wouldn't mind uh, taking off, take off that jacket there, Teddy Bear. Show the fans what you got. Show them what you got here. Oh, boy. Teddy oh, V is going to be so excited to be here on Joe Rogan's show. Specimen, <laughs> oh an unbelievable gosh. man here. This ain't no normal midget wrestler. This is the next <laughs> king of the world. You know what I'm talking about, Daddy? Oh, my That's God. That's an awesome wrestler there, Diamond Dallas. And those ladies, unbelievable. <laughs> they can't keep their hands off them. They just <laughs> Holy shit. Listen, listen, listen. Listen, listen to what Teddy does. Teddy Bear, do you have anything to add to this? Uh, Just remember that. <laughs> the animals. Oh my God. So. Oh my God. So. Uh, uh, no. What year is all this? This is 1987. Oh my God. I'm fresh out of high school. That's two years out of high school for me. So what happened was, oh. I do this promo where or, you know, they got the they doing the show like we just went ahead of it. Okay, so freaking we're I'm doing the. In, you know, part of news network and they say where does the voice come from i look down and i always say just don't think it ink it like write it down it's right in front of me this is your spot i grab those sunglasses i put them on and i go the voice comes from damandela's page daddy i was born to be a professional wrestling manager it's big it's bad it's n -n 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 norma jean's voice and i took them off and i kept talking a radio jock who is a was a great fighter, his name is Smitty. And Smitty sees this. So this is like a week later, right? I get a phone call from the girl in the front desk. She says, uh, Paige, um, there's a someone to call for Diamond Dallas Page. I pick up the phone, and I go, fuck you, Smokey, and I hang up the phone, right? Because I think it's Smokey ripping me, right? right? He calls back, she goes, It's not Smokey. His name's Smitty, he's got a radio show, he wants to talk to you. I go, hello? He's like, yeah, we want to bring you on the show. He goes, you know, I'm a boxer who has his own show about boxing, but I want to start doing wrestling. I go, he goes, I want to have you on the show. I go, bro, I don't really do it. I was just making that shit up, you know? And he's like, who cares? It's radio. And I'm like, man, I don't know. He goes, I'm going to have Captain Lou Albano on. Like, what's the odds of that? I'm going to have Captain Lou Albano on the show. I want you to be my co-host. I go, do I get to talk to Captain Lou? He's like, absolutely. I go, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> so I do that show and I do another one with Sergeant Slaughter. Oh. And he says to me, he says, you know, you got to do something with this Diamond Dallas Page thing. You're a natural. I go, Smitty, do what? I don't know what the fuck to do. I mean, it's just something in my head. And he says... I got this friend of mine named Rob Russin, who's a boxing promoter, who now is working for the AWA up in Minnesota. I'll give you his address. Send him a tape or something. So I think about it, and I write those storylines for those guys. And then I make that tape, and I send it to the AWA. No bullshit, Joe. Two weeks later, I get a phone call. Hey, uh, is this Diamond Dallas Page? And I'm like, uh, yeah, uh, this is Rob Russell from the AWA. We've seen your tape. We want to bring you and your boys in for a tryout. He goes, but we've got one question. You know, we've shown the tape around, and everybody kind of likes your stick. You know, it's fresh. It's got energy. He said, but no one's ever heard of you. Where are you guys working? 
well, Rob, we got one problem. Um, none of those guys can wrestle. He's like, what? He goes, why would you send us a tape? I go, it's like a secret society. Like, no one can figure out how to fucking get in. So, you know, it, while they're training, I could, you know, manage. And I'm like, ah, don't call us. We'll call you. And two weeks later, God just aligned this for me at some, for some reason, just to be where I am today. But Paul Heyman, who's one of the biggest stars as, you know, a character on WWE television, was called Paulie Dangerously at the time. He left the AWA, went to the NWA, which was going to get bought by Ted Turner, left a huge spot open for a young guy that could talk. They brought me in. All those clothes you saw me in, I was wearing that shit in Fort Myers, Florida. And I said to my buddy, Kurt Church, who was my head bouncer at the time, head of the floor, and, I, and when this was starting to happen, I go, dude, can you imagine if I ever have a reason to dress like this? <laughs> and if anything, I got way more tapered down. <laughs> you know, I wasn't living the gimmick. But, uh, man, it was the beginning of everything. And then Dusty Rhodes had come into Florida for Florida Championship Wrestling. And Dusty took me under his wing, man. And... He gave me every break that ever meant anything to my career early on. That's why it was so important for me to be there for Cody because I'm not getting choked up just thinking about it. Without Dusty Rhodes, there is no Diamond Dallas Page. He gave me every break I ever had. And for me to watch his son do what they did last weekend. Do you me, remember your first match? My first, yeah, my first match uh, was a tag match. So let me, let me go. Okay. So I'm managing now, okay? Three and a half years. And then I finally get the call because Dusty, who went to WWE, and he did this polka-dotted gimmick with him, he came back to run the, the WCW. And, you know, he's NWA world champion. He's like one of the smartest guys ever in our business. And um, I developed a relationship that was super tight with him when we were in Florida but it was his wife, Michelle, who really kept it going when he wasn't. Because when I'd call up just to check in with Dusty once in a while, she'd say, don't worry, Dallas. Dusty will call you back. And knowing how bad he is at calling someone back, I know that. That's why I thank Michelle on my whole Fame speech. Because I know without her, I don't know if it ever would have kept going the way it did. But Dusty, you know, he brought me in and I managed the Freebirds. Michael P.S. Hage and Jimmy Jam Garvin, which was a, such an education, such a good time. Michael's still one of my best friends today. And I helped Scott Hall, who was big Scott Hall, come in, changed his entire look from blonde hair and a big walrus mustache, had him dye his hair jet black and give him this brush cut beard that like nobody had, the five o'clock shadow, and no one knew who the fuck he was. And I brought him in. And what is happening, as you see all the crazy clothes I wore, well, five months in, Magnum T.A., who's Dusty's right-hand man, comes up to me and he's like, listen, D, um, we're going to keep you at the color commentator's box. I'm also doing color commentating with Eric Bischoff, who would later run the company. Um, and he said, uh, he said, we can't let you manage anymore. I'm like, what? What did I do wrong? He goes, it's not, it's not anything you're doing wrong, bro. He goes, he goes, you just speak with the hair and the rap and the dolls and those crazy clothes. He goes, you're taking too much attention away from the boys and they're the ones who draw the money. And I was like, so fuck, are you telling me, Magnum, that I'm too over the fucking top for wrestling? <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, as a manager, kind of. He said, but, you know, what we should have done is put you in a pair of tights and boots and see if you could do this shit. 
I had seven months left on my contract, bro. I said, fuck this. I never got in this business to be a manager. I wanted to live the dream. Well, I'm going to do it. And I went down there, and they beat the fuck out of me. Now, did they teach you how to do it first? No, they, what they do is they blow you up. This is how it was. Not done, NXT is, is, is different, um, like down there at Performance Center. But the original power plant, my, one of my another mentors, a guy named Jody Hamilton, who was the assassin, and he really taught me a lot. And so did this guy Sarge. But in the beginning, they want to run you off. So they like, want to see if you'll quit. Oh, absolutely. It's They'll like try it's, to get you to quit. It's a different like level a of SEAL now. training. Like yeah. you're going to do 50, um, 50 Hindu squats where you're asked to, sure. you know, bucket and up again. Yeah. And then you're going to do 10 push-ups, And then you're going to do 50 and then 10 and 50 and 10. And by the time you get to that third 50, you're like, if you're not in shape, you're screwed. Because we're going to 500. Yeah, fit, Hindu squats are a big thing amongst wrestlers, right? Yep. It's a great way to get in shape, but it really wears on your knees. Like, boom, 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 But it's really boom. good for your knees. And no, no, no. Hindu wear, squats aren't? Not, for you, not, not if you've got bad, you know, worn your way to bad knees. knees. If you've yeah. got great knees, you know, but it's, it's, it's like anything. There's only so many bumps you're allowed in life. The Miz was on uh, Fear Factor back in the day. And oh, to yeah. The, to this day, I say he's the fittest guy that was ever on the show. That fucking kid is a star. Stud. He is a he, stud. He did this uh, this stunt in cold water where you had to dive into this cold water, hold your breath, and, and complete this stunt. And he was in it for more than two minutes, holding his breath in cold water. Now, if you know anything about cold water, that is unbelievably yeah. impressive. Plus, very grueling physical activity. It's not that he was just in cold water holding his breath for two minutes, which is impressive enough as it is. Right. But Crazy. he was swimming around and, and pulling off all the... Like, he blew everybody out of the water. And he told me he did a shitload of those. He was doing 500 a day. Oh, yeah. 500 Hindu squats Kid, a day. though. A yeah. kid, and yeah. that's that's why he was in that kind of shape. Let me give you a little super behind. nice guy too. Tremendous, I love the Miz. I think he's going to be a huge superstar. He's already a huge superstar in wrestling, but I think he's going to be a huge superstar in, in the acting world too. And, yeah, yeah, he could easily no transcend. So let me tell you the first time I meet him. I'm here in LA. I'm living in Playa Vista before that all that shit blew up there, right? I'm living there. It's night. Yeah, I want to say it's 2004 because I'm gonna. I I wrestled until I was 46. Then I took off two and a half years. Came here, did the whole acting thing, and put my dues and put the work in. Now I want to go back and I want to show people what I can do with my DDPY program at 49. So I call up a buddy of mine named Rick Bassman, and he's got the UPW at the time, and he's got the own area, kind of like, like the power plant was, and the kids are training there whenever. I said, do me a favor, send me over one of your boys, and let him uh, come by and get me, and you know I'll do what I want to do, and then I'll, I'll work with him a little bit. And so he sends me Mike the Miz, and just the sweetest kid. And we, we have a great talk on the way over there. And, you know, I get, I get done doing all my shit, you know. And then I say, okay, what do you want to learn? He's like, you're going to work with me? I'm like, hell yeah, I'm going to work with you. you got great <laughs> attitude, dude. Of course I'm going to work with you. And we worked. And now he's taking me home. And he tells me about how he's was a real world. He's like the original real world guy. Yeah. So he's like, I said, man, you've got that piece. Like people already know you. That's, that's, that's really worth something. It'll really come back to help you later as you're going through this. So we get all the way back to my place and I'm like, you want to come in for a beer? He's like, Oh, absolutely. 
So he comes in, and who's on the porch but Stone Cold Steve Austin, who I lived with at the time, and Kevin Nash are there. So he's like in, whoa, what the fuck? Wow. And I was just at WrestleMania, uh, well, two years ago, and um, you know, it was when I was inducted in the Hall of Fame, and Miz was back doing one of his things. Now he's got the, the reality show with his wife, which is super funny. And there's times where I'm like, this is really real. Because, you know, reality show, there's no such thing as real life in reality show shit. But there's a lot of their stuff you can tell that they're like shooting on because they want like the real uh, the real deal. But he told that story. Like he was backstage with his one of his suits on and his wife there. He goes, Holly, come here, DDP, come here. Let, let's talk about the story when we first met. And I just knew that that kid, like... He's hit a couple of roadblocks along the way that could he could have quit. He could have walked away from it. He could have not. But he had such a belief in himself. I always tell people, never underestimate the power you give yourself by believing in you. And that's who the Miz is. And I think he's going to be a huge. You know, I love the fact we, we get a whole different slant now because of the man, the rock, the biggest star in the world is one of us. And did you see Blockers with Cena? No. Oh, dude, watch it. It's one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. And I was flying home. I'm telling my wife, you got to watch this movie. It's hysterical. She's sitting next to me, and I'm not even watching. I can't hear it because I've already seen it. She's laughing so hard, but I'm laughing because I'm watching it, and I know what they're saying or an idea of it. But when you got visual comedy, which you know, when you don't hear the words— and you're watching like Buster Keaton, and you're laughing, that's really good shit. And it's super funny, and Cena killed it. So, you know, he's, he's a super A-list actor now. He just did a Ferdinand movie, and I'm, I mean, he's on fire. I, 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 last time I saw him at the show, I just pulled him over for a second. I just, because I don't really know him that well, but I wanted to know, I wanted him to know that I was so proud of him, not for what he's done as an actor, even though I'm super proud of him on that level, but how he carried the company on his back for over a decade and still did so much work for charity, man, it was mind-boggling. Like, no one has done more along that whole make-a-wish thing than Cena has. But when I saw, did you see him when he hosted the ESPYs? No. Dude, you're a comedian. You know how hard that shit is. He is not a stand-up comedian, but he was friggin' amazing. Well, right? he's been acting for so long now. He's so loose. And you know, this is the thing about being behind the mic on the WWE as well. <clears throat> Just being able to do that in front of all those people Absolutely. and perform like that. Absolutely. It's a, that's its own level of like sometimes 20 minute promos are doing. The and Rock the confuses me in like how much energy he has. Like, I, know. I don't know how the fuck he can do all the things he does. Yeah. He's always doing something. Like, I go to his Instagram page all the time just right. to feel like a lazy fuck. <laughs> I'm not Me kidding, too. man. He's a, he flies into China. It's four in the morning. He's lifting weights. Like, what the fuck, man? The hardest working cat I have on the ever planet. seen. Ever, maybe ever on seen. the planet. Yeah, he's maybe always ever. doing something. Yeah. I mean, he just sandwiches everything together. I don't know how the fuck he does it. Yeah, I'll tell you, Jericho is... I, I put, like, guys like who have the most insane work ethic, like, right now, rock is way past everybody. He's past anyone I've ever seen. Uh, me too. And and I'll just occasionally put a, you know, just a tweet out just to say, hey, dude, keep up the great work and blow my mind. I, he's you know? one of those guys where I go, how long can a, a human, 
How long can the human body Run keep like going that. like this? Because right. you know he's only sleeping four hours a night. He's got. Yeah, I think he's kind of like my buddy Steve. You. They don't need to sleep. They just keep going. Jericho's the same way. Jericho, when he's not wrestling, he's singing. When he's not doing that, he's doing his podcast. When he's not doing that, he's doing this, or he's doing that, or he's doing this, or he's doing that. And like he flew in. They friggin' private jetted him into the all-in deal and didn't even know. I don't like to know. I want to be surprised. And they shot this angle with Kenny Omega, who's one of the like premier superstars in our business right now. And they did him and Jericho at 47 sold out the Tokyo Dome, 47,000 people in January. His match, they wrestled for, the entrances and everything were 48 minutes. They wrestled for 37 minutes. He's 47. Well, he jumped on a plane while he's touring. They flew him in. He put a mask on. You thought it was one guy. He pulls the mask off after he drops Omega. And bada boom, it's Jericho. The place goes batshit crazy. He gets out, grabs his deal, hops on a plane and flies where he's supposed to play at 12 o'clock that night. That's Jericho. And the other guy is Batista. So Batista, you know, between uh, Galaxy, you right. know, I mean, the, here's four guys that are like red hot as actors, and they're all the boys. He's fantastic in Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, my God, he's, he's phenomenal. So, he's so good at being like self-deprecating and dorky. <laughs> I mean, he plays like a, a goof so well. And he's such a cool dude, man. If Tony Hinchcliffe was here right now, he would be jizzing in his pants. <laughs> he really wouldn't be able to hold it together. <laughs> I'll have to turn him to this. Now, th th what's, what's interesting is that this group, I mean, Hulk Hogan was probably one of the first big guys to transcend into movies, yes. right? Yes, But he got turned off by Hollywood. He yeah. had apparently got a couple of dick grabbers. I don't allegedly. know what the real story is, but I'll That's tell you what, what of, of all the guys that I know, like, I, I'm super supportive of Hulk because he was super supportive of me. He's a great guy. Oh, man. You know, and, and he, right now, um, you know, he's doing, he finally got back, and they finally brought him back in WWE, which I was super excited about because, to me, going in the Hall of Fame without Hulk being in there, it's kind of like, Pull you know. up the video of me interviewing Hulk Hogan for Spike TV. I got a chance to interview him for Spike TV back in the day when he was... Uh, Spike TV went into the wrestling business for sure, a little bit. Sure, sure, sure. I, uh, I helped that. I helped them do that because I was one of the names that brought... Yeah, that's why I was wrestling. So for me as a kid, I mean, I was a giant fan of Jimmy Superfly Snuka and Bob Backlund. All sure. that when I was in high school right. in the early 80s. Sure. And, and Hulk Hogan. So for me to get a chance to interview Hulk Hogan, it was... Look at this. Professional wrestlers of all time, sports and entertainment, huge personality, the one and only Hulk Hogan. We share a birthday, Welcome too. Welcome aboard, sir. How Do are you? Really? Thank yep. you, my brother. You know, to be here with Joe Mania and <laughs> Dana White, it doesn't get any better than this, brother. These guys are going to war out here. It's unbelievable. Now, you've been to some MMA fights before. Are you a, you a UFC fan? Oh, I'm a huge fan, my brother. I sure am. Now, uh, I understand that you have recently uh, announced a partnership with TNA Wrestling and it's president Dixie Carter and you're going to be moving to Spike TV we're going to see some Hulkamania on Spike TV tell us more about that well you know brother tonight I got a ton of energy and I'm partners with Spike I'm partners with Dixie Carter I'm partners with TNA and we just got the green light brother on January 4th TNA Impact we're going wide open we're going head on head we're going to battle with WWE Monday night 
But January 4th, Hulk Hogan and TNA, we're coming after everybody. We're coming after everybody. Now, I understand that you have, you recently released a book. You've, you've done a, a wrestling tour in Australia. When are we going to see Hulk Hogan wrestle in TNA? Well, brother, I'm going January 4th. Like I said, Monday night, we're going to war TNA Impact. But you never know. I'm going over there to take over. The maniacs are coming. All the TNA stars are going to be there. And you never know when the old man with the yellow boots might just step in that ring, brother. Hulk Hogan is coming back, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> TNA Wrestling, live on Spike TV. Hulk's here for the fights. You know you want to watch him on TV. What you going to do, brother, when the UFC runs wild on you? What are you going to do? That's the good question. Thank you very much, sir. You had a Gene Oakland spot, brother. <laughs> That that you ever I met was Gene? like a little kid there. I was so happy. You ever met Gene Oakland? No. Oh no. man, one of the nicest guys on the planet. But the Hulk. I mean, when I got to do my stuff with him, because we not only did the Malone stuff, you know, with me and Rod, me and Marone, me and Malone against Rodman and Hogan, but the next month they come in and because we shot that angle on the Tonight Show, uh-huh. and the next month they go in Hogan and Bischoff and they run Jay off the set. I come in from the wings, not Hulk on his ass, and it's me and Jay Leno against against Hogan and Bischoff. <laughs> you, Jay Leno, you fucking Jay Leno holding the Hulk oh, down. God. Oh, Look at Hulk God. putting him over. Look at Hulk putting oh, him over now. Oh, my God. That is hilarious. Uh, oh, that is so funny. Jay Leno is holding the Hulk down. Yeah. And he grabs his hair. Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Look at him. This is so ridiculous. Oh, God, it was. But, it, you know, it was so much fun. Because I'll tell you, you know Leno. And yeah. another guy, I mean, he came and worked out with us. And he didn't didn't spend as much time like Malone did. Because Malone's like a super athlete. Right. But, I, I mean, don't even think Jay works out at all. No. He just a, turns wrenches. Well, got to learn. Yeah. You know, got to learn how to move around right. a little bit. And, you know, we just worked around. And, and Hulk was never that guy to lay stuff out. Like, today, a lot of this stuff is laid out. You know, right. back then, it was like you called as you go. And, right. And so I was a guy who actually did that I could lay everything out and that's how I like to know where we're going and I'm still going to talk to you the whole time right you know but you know bottom line is uh you know Jay just working him through it and you know, it was a lot of fun man. well when Hulk Hogan was in Rocky 3 I mean that was huge that was fucking fantastic that was huge. and then you you also got to see how goddamn big he is right, next to when Sly. you see him next to <laughs> Sylvester Stallone right. you just go whoa <laughs> when he picks Sly up by his neck right and you're right. like holy shit and then you know when they go through the whole thing when after you know Hulk is like smiling and laughing with him and Stallone was like oh okay you know Rocky was like oh alright like uh, you're a little rough out there on me <laughs> he's like Man, that's what it is brother one of the greatest moments ever young that was a great moment in Mo- film it's awesome I mean, I mean, it was I love a, that. that was a big moment in film too for a lot of people that thought like pro wrestling is fake, right? It's right. like, well, there ain't nothing fake about that. I mean, right. it's entertainment. But if you don't think that's fucking difficult to do, like look at the size difference. Right, right. Jesus look at Hulk. Christ. He looked like a million bucks there. He did. He looked fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was like it, it was just super good to me. Yeah, in, when he picks him up over his head. Is there a video of this? See if you can find video of it. Because when Paulie's going crazy and he's having a heart attack. Oh, I love that. Oh, my God. That was a great fucking scene. You know what I love about Sly? He's the perfect example of everybody counting him out, and he's fucking stronger than ever again, you know? He's like, yeah, we're going to move around a little bit. <laughs> Come on, uh, I'll hit you a little bit, a little bit of this. <laughs> <laughs> little Hulk, Hulkamania music there. Look, he just fucking Bro, That was snug. Yeah. <laughs>
Well, Stallone was so slim and trim back yeah, then. Yeah, right? It's kind of hilarious that he was playing a heavyweight champion, because he's not a big guy. No. He really is more like a middleweight. But Hogan was... I mean, he wouldn't even be able to, and back in these days, wouldn't even be able to make the UFC's weight limit. UFC has a 265-pound cutoff for whatever reason. Really? Yeah, there's uh, there's no super heavyweight division in I MMA. Didn't know that. Yeah, there there's a super heavyweight division. It's possible, but the UFC's never implemented it. Right. So it's been sanctioned. There's a 265 and above, but the, the UFC's heavyweight division has a cutoff. Right. And a bunch of guys have had to cut weight. Brock's a big example. Sure he is. Brock had to cut weight to make 265. Francis Ngannou, Tim Sylvia, a few guys have had to actually cut weight. Mark Hunt Cut weight to make 265. Yeah, Mark, Mark's not walking around He's anywhere near. He's a fucking near. tank. <laughs> 5'10", 290. Just fucking jacked. Bad, bad. He's, He's a all bad, bad man. man. It's a bad man, Mark Hunt. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. You know, but I love about Sly, like, you know, you go back to it. A lot of people don't know that story. I'm sure you do. Um, you know, how he wrote that script, Iraqi, and would not sell it. And when you get off the road. like Ryan O'Neill to play Rocky or someone, or Paul Newman. I forget who it was. I, I, feel, I feel like it was Ryan O'Neill. They wanted Ryan O'Neill to play Rocky. And he held out. He's like, no, I fucking wrote this. This is me. Your vehicle. And yeah. that, that, that's, that's the greatest example of being positively unstoppable and owning it. Like yeah. Sylvester Stallone. You know, could have written this book or has a hundred thousand times, and when you, you know, like he's he's one of my mentors without me knowing him, you know, because I've just watched how he's lived his life and he, he's you know recreated himself so many times, and that's what I'm constantly trying how to do. Crazy is that the guy's doing the Expendables as a fucking action star. He's in his seventies. Yeah, crazy. Who the fuck in their seventies? is believable in an action right, role. Because right. these guys have like beat people up in movies like, uh, suspension of disbelief, I'll let it slide. Right, right. But when you see him doing it, you're like, I kind of believe it. The I guy's believe it. still jacked at 70, 72, I think, 73 years old, whatever the fuck he is. Let me give you How old is he now? 72. 72 years Ridiculous. old. That's fucking insane. Let me give you a behind the scenes from Stone Cold Steve Austin, who is like, he's a brother to me, like a real one. Like we're, we lived together, we rode together. Uh, one of my best friends, and um, he's doing the first Expendables, and he's doing, you know, he's, he, we talk about, I guess he's on the set for about, you know, a couple of weeks by this time, and he says, I'll tell you what, D, and you remember, every top alpha dog is in that first movie, because he grabbed the, the, you know, the, the heavies of the heavies, the guys who had the biggest names, and uh, Austin said, in the world of alpha dogs, there is one number one guy, and his name is Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> and he said when he were doing the Hollywood fight in the back, Stallone was like, come on, bring it, like meant it. He broke his fucking right. neck in that movie. <laughs> right. Broke his neck. Have you seen his neck? Like no. they, they did an x-ray of his neck. He's got these fucking screws keeping his spine together in his neck. He showed it on, it was either no, Tonight Show or Letterman. But he was on, and they showed an X-ray of his neck. He broke his fucking neck doing that movie, because he's 68 at the time, 69, and he's getting thrown into a wall. Right, and and telling Austin, yeah. who's a tough son of a, a bitch, giant to tough bring, son of a bitch, to bring it. Yeah, he wants <laughs> it to be real. I right. mean, he is. I mean, look, he got knocked out by Antonio Carver. Uh, Antonio Tarver in uh, one of those Rocky movies. Right, right. I mean, I think he was deep into his 60s, and he got fucking knocked out. They're doing the boxing scenes where they're going over things, and Tarver cracked him. I would kill to do a workout with him and show him, because you know, no one works out harder than yeah, he does. Yeah, look at his neck. 
It's all fucking fused together with plates. The bionic man. Look at that. (laughs) That's fucking crazy. So he's got three discs fused together. He he might be the toughest guy, pound for pound, age for age, alive. What's that? (laughs) Four months ago. This is him four months ago. Oh, my God. Who's the other guy? I don't know. Take your sunglasses off, bro. Who are you? (laughs) Look how jacked he is. 72. Crazy, man. I, I love the guy, man. I mean, yeah, you, you, you want to feel good? Just sit down and watch a Rocky movie. No, I interviewed him, too. He's a super nice guy. Like, real, like, self-deprecating, loose, laugh. Doesn't take himself seriously right, at all. Right. No ego, just joking around. I love it. Easy. To, like, somebody heckled out. He's like, is that you, Mom? <laughs> it's really funny. He's a funny guy. Oh, that's and beautiful. Real, real nice guy, too. Yeah. But listen, man. Um, I don't know what else we could talk about, but I think what you're doing is fucking awesome. Um, I'm, I'm super pumped to, that we finally got together. I would love to do a workout with you for sure. Absolutely. And well, um, what about what about tomorrow? Um, what time tomorrow? Uh, I'll, 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 here? I'm here. I'm leaving on I'm leaving on Thursday afternoon. So I have. Let's figure this out after. The, okay. After well, the let me let me over. tell you the one but thing tell, I want to do about this. Let me please, tell you about the po- positively unstoppable. When's the, it come out? The art of owning it. It doesn't come out till January, but I, here's my goal. Okay. I, I had two books before this. I didn't push them to be bestsellers because they weren't really worthy. This is because I know it's going to really help people. And here's the hook that I want to do. reason why I want people to get it, pre-order it now. And this is what I'm going to give with this. Anyone, and it's up on my site. If you go to ddpyoga.com slash positively unstoppable, and you order the book there, there'll be an address right there, the DDP Yoga Performance Center, which is 1239 Concord Road, Smyrna, Georgia, 30080. If you send me a self-addressed stamped envelope, we've got these book plates that Random House, it's a Random House book, and they send me these book plates that I'm going to sign. And if you send me that self-addressed stamped envelope with a proof that you purchased the book, that you pre-ordered the book, I'm going to send you my autograph. Well, autograph in the book, when I'm doing a Comic-Con, I'm $40 for a picture, $40 for an autograph, $60 combo. The book costs $24.99. So if you're looking to get a DDP signature, Diamond Dallas Page signature, you got it for the book. I will send it to you. My goal is to make Positively Unstoppable a best-selling book. And I think in my easiest, not easiest, (laughs) the only way I'm really going to do it is by pre-order because I don't have any machine behind me except for my own shit, you know? Right. And doing this the way, I just want to check one thing. What, what, just let me look at you. And where's the, where, what's the app? How can people find the app? Oh, the app is at ddpyoga.com. Like it's up on iTunes, Android. And if they're looking but, for it on iTunes or but, if but on it, the Google Marketplace. But if it's, if it's on iTunes or Droid, well, it's going to cost more because you know they charge more they tack on 30 percent so you can download the app from your website you go to diamond to dallas phone? you go to diamond page.com and you will be able to um get the app right there and right now i'm doing 20 percent off on how does the that app. work though Do, don't you have to go to the app store to put an app no, on your phone i'm not really actually sure how the hell that you know works. that jamie i'm not exactly sure how, how that works but um 
I just know if you go to ddpyoga.com, it's going to be cheaper. And then you got to get, you can get it you can buy it for a month, three months, a year, okay. whatever. The People deal, the deal is there. They'll figure it out. The one thing I do want to mention to you is, and maybe we can come back when this gets released and talk about this. Okay. But I've got a, a, a new documentary coming out. You've already seen Jake's, and I know you're going to love The Resurrection, Jake the Snake. And if you want to see that, we just took it off of Netflix. It's only on iTunes. It's like 99 cents. It's absolutely, you're looking to inspire, you know, everyone has some sort of addiction in their life, whether it's their uncle, their father, their sister, their brother, they're somewhere around it. I've had so many people come up to me and so many people have come up to Jake and say, that movie changed my life. People come up and say, I'm three months sober. I'm two years sober. Like that movie changed my life. And Jake doing the program it gave him a way to get wins, meaning like going from 307 pounds to under 300, then to 270, then to, you know, and, and so right. forth. But being able to move more and be able to feel better. So resurrection gives you that inspiration. And you, you just watched Arthur's video. Well, Jake's movie, The Resurrection of Jake Snake, you're going to laugh. You're going to cry. Most of all, you're going to be inspired. So the new documentary we got coming out will be out sometime in 2019. Well, I'll talk to you before it comes out. And it's called Relentless. And it goes from the day that Kevin Nash blows my back out and have got upset. He didn't do it. It was my body just right. finally blew out. He's always trying to protect me and vice versa. But when I blew my back out to where we are today, we have actually take out the wrestling shit we have 16 years of footage of this entire journey, up and down and up and down, and how we became with the program at eight-year overnight success. And this is one of the most inspiring movies I know anybody will ever see, and that'll be out this year. And um, that's really it. You know, the app is at ddpyoga.com. If you want to get the book. If you want to pre-sell, go to ddpyoga.com slash positively unstoppable. And like I say, I would love to send you we'll a We'll put all this shit up copy. on Twitter, too. Awesome, we'll put the man. video for Arthur on Twitter, too, because it's fucking fantastic. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you, brother. Thank you very all much, right, man. Let's get it was awesome. Tub. I'm glad we finally did this. Awesome. Bye, everybody. I had to piss Woo. so bad. But, I, <laughs> but it was...